everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk all about it. Just a quick reminder, the reminder we always give, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Fish, is this a spoiler-free podcast? Yes. What? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm trying Turn to be again. clear, but it's not a spoiler-free podcast. You could potentially oh, hear things okay. Okay. that could come up later in the series, in this podcast. So just, just wanted you to know that up front. <laughs> uh anyway i'm melissa and i'm here you heard her with my wonderful co-host fish fish how are you doing today well i think it won't be a surprise for anyone who's listened to any number of these podcasts that i'm a little sleepy i mean that generally tends to be how i am when when we get a little downtime to do our podcasts it's like it's the weekend and I'm catching up on sleep, so I'm a, I'm a little sleepy, but by the time we get into it, I'll get all hot and bothered about something, wow. and it'll just pick me right up. Oh, my God. Well, um, I found that when you are more tired, it directly correlates to us doing better podcasts, so <laughs> I, I don't know what that means for you. I don't wish you to be sleepy every time we do this, but I think it, it produces some generally pretty good content. I think it just, it like, it's, uh, my brain doesn't function well enough to have a good filter. Ah, that makes (laughs) sense. And we're going to need that for this episode. We are talking today about season two, episode two, The List. This one originally aired October 3rd, 1999. Directed by Barnett Kelman. Don't think we've come across that name yet. And written by Jennifer Levin. We have come across that name quite a a lot. And this one, the synopsis is, Felicity begins to question her values when one of her advisees seems to have better luck using tips from an article in a woman's magazine. Meanwhile, Julie lightens up in a major way when she holds a blowout at Sean's. Hmm. Okay. Lightens up? Ah, that's what they said. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I had the same reaction to that. Um, Boy, oh boy, TV guide slash whoever else wrote this. Uh, So, okay, that's what they said. Fish, I might have taken a record number of notes for myself here. So I bless our souls for what's about to happen in terms of length of podcast. Although, to be fair, a lot of my notes this time are quotes from the episode and that doesn't always happen, but I took a lot of like snapshots of what was being said more so than I usually do. And I'm interested to see how that evolves into our discussion of this. So I don't know. Where did you want to start with it? Yeah, there were a lot of good lines in Uh this episode, a lot of good lines, a lot of good monologues. Um, There were also some very confusing parts for me, so I'll be very interested to to get your take on those. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we can start with, uh, oh, um, I mean, basically almost everything in this is about Felicity and Ben, and it's just 
you get little bits and pieces of it from different people. Yeah. Um, Elena and Noel stuff is a bucket yeah. of its own too. It does, and Zoe and Sean have their own little hijinks that are happening, but Ben and Felicity is certainly a major yeah. theme happening in this episode. So when I think about, like if we just started the opening, <laughs> mm. I love just the comparison between the tape and the box mm-hmm. and oh poor naive felicity has again not learned at all because megan is megan, just gonna thwart her at every turn yeah. she i mean she should know by now like she knows someone has listened to this tape and of course she assumes it's megan because megan seems to know all her stuff and throw it out there mm-hmm but I don't see Megan caring enough. Let's let's circle back to this in a second. Let's let's actually start where this opens, just for the sake of saying it. So there's an advisee that's walking into Felicity and Megan's room with Megan, having a conversation oh, that Megan yeah. obviously does not want to have. And this is he's he's spiky hair guy. I don't think he's gotten named yet, but He's a like platinum blonde spiky hair guy who's going to be a, a hypochondriac through basically the entire season. And he comes in and he's like, I think I've got rickets. No, maybe it's scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so subtle. Like you could easily miss this. But he says that. And then Megan's like, get away from me, you freak. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that, my friends, is Megan's advising style. Which, you know, um, they balance each other. Because on the one hand, Felicity can actually help if there's a serious issue. And on the other, you know, Megan can tell you, hey, this is real life. You eat your hair. People are going to make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. She is. She, well, I don't know if you would classify her advising style as tough love. It's tough. Okay. Uh, it's called life yeah it's it's just what happens deal with folks yeah 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 she's it's like everybody who ever comes to her for advice just gets a some version of deal with it you fool and (laughs) they're sent away and this is what's happening to this guy and then Megan is totally ready to have this conversation <laughs> with Felicity. <laughs> she's primed and ready to be open. And no, she's not. No. She's not. This is not the same level of empathy that we saw when she tried to sit down on a chair for like 10 seconds and listen. I don't know that she got much further uh, this time. <laughs> she's just like, I don't care about your tape. And Felicity's like, well, I mean, it's like if I looked in your box and whew, you do not want to say that to Megan. Oh. She's like, oh, you looked at my box? You think your tape is like my box? Oh, no, okay. You play your stupid tape. We'll look in my box and we'll see. We'll just see. And I which kind is of... more intense, she says. We'll see which is more intense. It's a, it's a yes. gauntlet that's been thrown down. And... Uh, and of course, she's like, you go first uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> to Felicity. And Felicity, of course, goes, okay. Um, and then plays a very embarrassing thing that she, and personal thing that she said. To Sally. Yeah. 
he yeah. will not will not respond because she's either super happy on an island with Emmett or dead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, it's worth it's worth resetting this. I mean, we've basically heard this portion of the tape three times now because we yeah. we heard and her every say time it. has been different. Oh, has it? interesting well so we heard the first time when she was actually leaving it for sally and then Mm -hmm. we heard it at the tail end of the last episode where which i guess they're banking on everybody kind of remembering that um where ben is listening to the tape which is why when felicity picks up the tape again and presses play it's not in the right place because ben must have heard that line about maybe it's love and just shut down completely. He he blew a gasket. He melted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and the tape stopped right there. But that's not where I guess Felicity had probably recorded more after that. And so she's like, why is the tape in this place? And so when she plays it again for Megan, this is now the third time we've heard it. But interesting. That's different. Yeah. And it's also not in the right place that Ben had left it. Mm-hmm. I think just for the audience to hear again what he heard. Um, but it's like there's one line that's the same and then another line that was before that line that's the same, but the last line always seems to be changing because oh the first time it it had Elena in it and the next time it had something out. I mean, it, it it's just a little change, but it's just funny uh, to go hmm. back and because I'm looking at the scripts afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's not the same. How did this tape change so many times? Mm, that's interesting. So, you know, but now Felicity has played this bit for Megan where she is like, I don't know about what's happening with Ben, but maybe it's love. And Megan's reaction was typical Megan. Yeah. I that mean, was lame. That was lame. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and she's not going to share what's in her box she was yeah. never going to share that Please. yeah i don't think so she said <laughs> <laughs> in a very coy way and felicity's just like i should have known yes of course this is how this is going <laughs> how many times do i need to do something like this oh how um, many times do i need to say she doesn't learn she is she not good at learning. She doesn't learn How anything. She... She's still leaving tapes for Sally, by the way. And okay. my gosh, Sally, check back in. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most desperate tape. Um, goodness. But yeah, she then goes into leaving another tape for Sally where she's like, hey, things are good. Things are peachy keen. Things are wonderful. Things are good with Ben. Things are good with the advisees. <laughs> The tone's going to shift a little bit by the end of the episode when she leaves the, the rest of that tape. Yeah, it's um, it's a device. We know how how Melissa feels. Um, but you know, after this is played out, we then have to have a co RA meeting mm-hmm. in which I am loving Megan's outfit. Uh, just generally, I just. I'm loving how everyone is dressing. I'm loving like Elena's hair is amazing. Just I'm loving the the lightness, like all the stuff. I love all the stuff. Yeah, it still feels kind of summery. I mean, Megan is her own vibe, but yeah, 
feels it feels lighter. Yeah, she's still. I mean, she's got a lot more color than she used to. I mean, that pink dress that she was wearing. I I don't know. I don't remember the pink dress. (laughs) I'm just gonna make this episode. (laughs) She had like this pink dress that looked like it. It almost looked like a little flappery, like it had maybe beading on it or something. It was Megan was wearing this. <laughs> Megan was wearing in oh my this gosh. episode. <laughs> um, guys, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is just it's. I'm working on it. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to get this. She ha- she's having a lot more color <laughs> in what she's wearing. It's it's not as much black. And <sighs> so anyway, well, yeah. that's all I wanted to say about the meeting. Um, well, there's. I mean. Megan makes fun of people. Yeah, Megan um, makes fun of people. I think it's, you know, it's funny. They're having, this is their second meeting in two episodes with these same advisees. And on the one hand, it's, you know, it moves the plot forward in this episode because we're going to meet Gretchen through this. We're going to see a little bit more of Berkey shenanigans. Um, you know, we're we're getting some important information that helps move this episodes plot forward but also i think it serves on another level to be like these guys are having way too many meetings (laughs) and it's probably felicity that's doing it and megan probably hates this and maybe everybody else in the room too so it's uh i i think maybe part of this is like hey maybe we need to chill out with the meetings well it's also been two meetings in the first week of school. Uh-huh. So I feel like if there was any time that it justifies having two meetings, it's like early. I don't know if we had any full, if I think about my freshman oh, no. year. We I never don't... had meetings with the RA. Yeah, we never had meetings with the RA. <laughs> I think that my RA might have, actually, did we call them RCs, resident counselors? I think so. Because they so... actually had zero authority. Yeah. None. <laughs> I think that he might have like come around and introduced himself to to people individually. And then it you could find him anytime you wanted in his room. And people did. And people hung out with him for fun and people right. like chatted with him, but he never we also didn't really have a great space to assemble everybody. We had this like kitchen kitchen area. It was like everyone could sit. It was like a big room. And then you go over to the other part and there was like a refrigerator. Like On the floor below us, there was an actual kitchen. Mm. But like on every floor, there was this sort of big room that we could all get together in. We didn't, but we could have. Mm-hmm. We had We had a lounge and we had a kitchen, but neither of them were big enough to fit all the people that were advisees for any given RA. Um, so, well, yeah. I was, yeah, I was in like an old building. So yeah, maybe it was just leftover from days when they didn't have to be so conservative in this amount of space they get of people. Yeah. Well, Okay, so they're having another meeting, and like you said, it's mostly serves for Megan to make fun of people. Berkey's gonna make an important comment 
uh, you know, just so you guys know, I'm laughing on the outside, but crying on the inside. Just wanted you to be aware. Um, I don't know if that plays for comedy as much now, but it did then either. <laughs> yeah. But he's just, he's just a guy who, who really wants Felicity's attention here. Yep. And so he's going to say something. And then at the word crying, Gretchen, who we've never met, gets up, runs out of the room. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> she like drops things all over the floor. I wonder if that was scripted. She's just awkward okay. and gangly. She, she just is. runs out crying. Yeah. Oh, poor Gretchen. Gretchen thinks that she's losing her boyfriend, Ian, who we never see. But sounds like a real dick. So she has found some magazine, which I I can't remember what the exact title is. It's something like Girl on Girl. Um, but oh. it's basically Cosmo. Okay. Right? It's Cosmo. Let's all admit, we all read those quizzes. We read the 10 steps on, is he right for you? Like, is he having distance? Like... Mm-hmm. here's how you give him like a hundred different types of blowjobs mm-hmm. like it was not appropriate but we all read it and mm-hmm. you know I'm talking about when I was like 14 I don't know why she's still reading it in college but all right so she's got this list and this list is not in fact what I thought it might be which is Felicity writing down a pro-con list about dating Ben yeah, that was your guess at the end yeah. of the last episode. And I was promptly like, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't, know, really you didn't tell me that. Yeah, I didn't you really say tell that, me. but I thought it. And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> now you can say it. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, it's fun. I was, in fact, incorrect. It's fun to um, see what you think is yeah. coming and then, and then know, say sometimes I'm wrong. it's just not even close. Uh, this is one of those times like, who knew they'd be able to structure an entire episode around an article called 10 steps to winning him back. Yep. And that I put a question mark next to it. The first time she said it, I was like, is this the list? And then Felicity says it, these types of lists. I was like, okay, this is the list. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, thing number one. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is a list. Yeah. Yep. My favorite, my favorite part of the list was putting blush on your nipples that That, yeah it does not seem like it would make any difference is it just me yeah i i I I can't imagine why that would be helpful yeah i'm like maybe i just haven't seen enough but i feel like i've seen a lot given that like played water (laughs) polo like we did shower together like i've never seen anyone with pale enough nipples that blush would help yeah, I, uh, why? I mean, and then notably, that is the part. What I think that was like number three on the list, and Felicity's like, just, just forget this list, Gretchen. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to number three. She's like, I don't, I don't honestly know how this is going to serve you. Um, yeah. You know, it's an interesting conversation that Felicity does not yet realize is about to be about her own situation. Although well, maybe she's got a sense of it. it. But, you know, she's basically saying to Gretchen, like, honestly, Gretchen, you don't need this list. You know, if it were me, I wouldn't be in a relationship where you can't, can't be my, myself and liar. Gretchen's like, do you have a boyfriend? (laughs) 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 There were a lot of ways to read that line. 
but in the way that actress played it, it was kind of like, huh, interesting. Have you by any chance <laughs> needed something like this? Do you have relationship experience? <laughs> it was just sort of judgy, but it's fine. She was trying to figure out if Felicity's advice was worth listening to. And I, I didn't read it that way. I read it more as a, she's a bit desperate and she's trying to get advice and she's just kind of like, do you have a boyfriend? Like, tell me what to do. Um, Okay. That's a more optimistic way to look at it. Look at us reversing our roles. Um, It's just the way I, I interpreted it, but either way, she's not going to listen. She's going to listen for about two hours, she says later. But, you know, this this conversation is important because Felicity is putting out, she's articulating what she would want her own stance to be, which will help ground her later. It'll be one of the things that will resonate for her. Like, oh, I said these words. Um, But in this moment, she doesn't realize that there's so much gravity to it. She's just saying it. And then on the back of that, Gretchen's now going to describe her relationship with Ian. And she's like, you know, he was so sweet in the beginning. He was leaving me little notes. And he's, you know, she's describing a, a nice relationship. And then she says, and then one day he got a funny look on his face. And I never got another love note again. And how is that? That's my story. <laughs> now I'm doing the blush on the nipples. And yep. here we go. Um so she's kind of arming, she arms Felicity with this expression, funny look. That's really going to keep coming up for Felicity. Yeah, a little bit, you know, more of that coincident stuff going on, but it's all right. It's, I guess, artistic foreshadowing um, in case we didn't get it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the next scene. Right? I just do want to mention, though, uh, before this conversation with Gretchen actually happens when Gretchen is running out of the meeting and Felicity goes after her to have a conversation with her, Megan's like, don't give her attention. That's exactly what she wants. And Felicity is like, Megan, that's, that's our job. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're really getting a pretty good sense of their advising styles and who, you know, which advisees would go to who for what. Yeah, that would be none would go to Megan. <laughs> well, yeah. unless you wanted a ferret. Yeah. Yeah. They have the they have some strange things happening. Yeah. Right out of the gate. That's okay though. I mean, so did so did Noel, let's admit. That's true. Yeah. That's some strange yeah. stuff too. Uh, yeah. What you gonna well, do? So that's that's Gretchen. That's that's how we meet her. That conversation's wow. over. Felicity's primed to look for funny looks. Well, and and Felicity says, you know, I I don't know if I have a boyfriend. It's early days. You know, she's kind of backed off from the intensity earlier or last episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> she is being very free with the word love. She is not saying that she is in love with Ben or she loves Ben. But at Dean and DeLuca, you know, after he's being weird and juggling muffins and such, and he's dropped them all over the floor, you know, Felicity is just like looking up at him going, I love 
this time I'm spending with you. I love being with you. Yeah. And mm. Ben is literally like beginning to have a panic attack. Really gulp. I mean, he, I would say the the theme of this episode is Ben and Noel panicking. Yeah. And even, you know, that bit where he's juggling the muffins, I, I feel like he's been permanently altered by these conversations <laughs> he's had with Sean, because have we seen him be the way he is even so even before Felicity says like the I love being with you and, and all that him doing that the way he is with her at Dean and DeLuca where like they're packing up stuff they're thinking about what they're going to get for Bryant Park they're having a flippant conversation about muffins and he starts juggling them has he done stuff like that before he, he seemed very I don't know what the word I want is like goofy that's exactly what I would think but I feel like he does that like he gets these goofy grins on his face a lot okay like when you know he's talking to different girls and he you know his body movement changes a bit and he does get kind of goofy we haven't seen him juggle muffins as far as I remember yeah I think but like, the in terms of being physical with it like I like yeah he's he'll get a grin on his face but I also think of him as a little bit of a serious guy I don't know when he's with girls, he's got the goofy grin and the bashful smile and the like puts his head down. And I feel like his whole physicality kind of changes into like bashful, goofy guy. Okay. So maybe this lines up. Yeah. I don't feel like it's out of character, but I do feel like more and more we're seeing panic mode, which is relatively new. Yeah, I don't know if I feel like it was out of character, but I feel like it was Ben in like a distract. How can I distract her? Like, how can I keep it light? How can I force the situation to be light? I don't know if he was thinking about it on that level, but it it felt like he was desperate to keep it fun in a way that felt an exaggerated version of him, but not a different him. It felt like he's very much thinking about how Sean's saying, this is intense. Isn't it intense? Don't you not want something this intense? And so now he's like, I don't, how do I make it not intense? I'll juggle muffins. (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't feel it was out of character, but I felt it was like, he's, he doesn't have good use of himself right now. (laughs) (laughs) i mean he and felicity are going back and forth this whole episode and this is this is part of the stuff that confuses me i i do think there are some inconsistencies there's a lot of like now i'm gonna be truthful and now i'm not and i I think we'll get into it as we get a little deeper yeah and we will get deeper quickly right because right out of this conversation felicity says i love being with you ben gives a possible funny look yeah Felicity's like was that a funny look that might have been a funny look Hmm. had classic signs of a funny look Uh (laughs) but i'm going to ignore it i'm going to pretend everything's fine that's how i'm going to deal with it 
yeah she's like i'm trying to be the easy breezy version of me so yeah the problem is there isn't an easy breezy version of you there isn't um but this is her way of trying to break that repetitive <laughs> thought in her head around like was it a funny look no i'm the, the lighter version of me i don't need this <laughs> like yeah. it's still in there it's still in there and then we go straight to a conversation with sean and ben where Ben has obviously just talked about this interaction that he had. And Sean is like, you're in trouble. Well, and he's told Sean about the tape. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we can circle back to this later, but I mean, Felicity got dragged when she rewrote Ben's paper. Mm -hmm. And now he's listening to her tape, which is equivalent of like, reading her journal i have a lot to say about this and i think we're going to be on par with each other um yeah not okay i didn't like that whole conversation he had with her Uh, but not only did he did he listen to it he then told sean about it and then he gaslights felicity yeah there's a lot of really nasty stuff around this Um, yeah not loving it yeah but again, I, I don't know what to tell you. I agree with Sean. Yes, he's bringing it back to business. And yes, it's uh, a bit misogynist, <laughs> the way he puts it. But he's like, look, she's talking to her girlfriend about this, otherwise known as her potentially dead French tutor. Yeah. Gosh, um, Sally, where are you? <laughs> Sally, can you hear me? <laughs> um, no, no, she no, can't. She can't. <laughs> um, so he's like, look, you know, it's like a colleague and a customer, right? You know, you talk to your colleagues, you can say whatever. She's talking to her buddy. She's she's telling the truth. You, my friend, are getting the shiny rainbow everything is fun version of this because she's trying to not scare you away Uh and here i am telling you you should be scared and run away yeah and you know he's gonna address this monkey in the room of course because you know you don't want monkeys in the room yeah jump on the bed um so many monkeys jumping on the bed yeah i mean ben's like it's an elephant it's an elephant in the room man he's like monkeys aren't normal either in a room (laughs) (laughs) so he gives us that moment of lightness but then he goes i mean this is like maybe the most serious and er i don't know i think of sean as an earnest character always and sometimes the thing he's earnest about is so stupid and frivolous that you're like it's like a weird invention and you're like oh it's sean being serious about something silly again in this situation he's being very earnest but he's talking about something that has weight to it and you know it it impacts people's lives and so I don't know that this is a different Sean. I think this is the same Sean. It's just a more serious topic. Well, the thing is, it's not more serious to him, right? It's just Hmm. more serious to us. To us, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) So, yeah, I I agree. I feel like he is earnest and he, 
he likes to bring things back to business analogies, but because you know, even in this situation, Ben's still like, yeah, maybe it's maybe all this isn't a big deal. Maybe I shouldn't make a big deal out of it. And Sean's like, well, then why did you tell me? Right. Yeah. You know, because he's like, I'm obviously the guy who's serious about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the guy who's been telling you over and over again to break up slash don't be with her. Like, why would you have told me if you didn't want confirmation? Yeah. It's like, you know what brand of advice you were going to get when you came to me. So this is what you're getting. And he's just sort of bringing that back to him. But I mean, hopefully you can. I mean, in this, in this episode, um, between this episode and the last episode, it's like Sean is aggressively on a mission to make Ben see the light about this. And yeah. Ben would not have gotten here so quickly. Um, if not for Sean being like singularly focused on getting through to Ben that he is not yeah. ready for this relationship. And I think he's right in doing that because I feel like Ben and Felicity didn't get nearly as hurt as they could have, at least what I'm guessing is the first time. Like it's, it was like a little dip into the pool of this is what it might be like dating, but ultimately he, Ben's not ready. He's just not, he's just not. Fair enough. And I'd be interested to hear from, from listeners on this too, what your thoughts are on it. Um, we have maybe like one comment uh, about this, but I, I would be interested to to get more thoughts about, you know, what people think about the way this all came apart um, and Sean's role in it and all that. But he's, it's, you know, he's definitely expediting. I mean, when you think about it, two episodes ago <laughs> like we had this cliffhanger there was hope there was uh you know ooh, ben or noel and ben was was all giddy and excited and pursuing felicity how did it get here in two episodes the answer sean <laughs> but i mean would it have gotten well, here anyway maybe would it have gotten here in two episodes i think they needed something to really push it i mean it was my prediction that they would come back and still not be together. <laughs> and they really didn't get to be, right? I mean, it, like, they he was away in Mexico for the whole summer. I blasphemed and said it. Sorry. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so we didn't get to see what they worked out between them over the summer because they didn't. They, they kicked that can down the road to when we'd be able to see that on screen. And, you know, they bring them back to school and they're thinking about getting together. They're just not really there. You know, it like, did they or didn't they? It's hard to say. It was, it was a real. They didn't. Yeah. It was a real dipping the toe in the water. And, um, and then lamb, kablooey. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if my other part of my prediction comes true, which is that they're not going to be together and then Noel's want to get is going to want to get back with her because poor Noel poor Noel just (laughs) there's a look that he gives in this episode later that just breaks your heart to a billion gazillion trillion pieces (laughs) right if that were a number 
that's how many pieces Noel's heart is in later in this episode. Do you want to keep going with Ben and Felicity stuff? Or do you want to keep going chronologically? Because the next thing that happens is an Elaine and Noel scene. I feel like maybe chronologically. Yeah. I think a lot of this stuff ends up like all these forces meet at the party. Yeah. So exactly. makes sense. So we're going to get Elena and Noel, our first look at that. And honestly, this is probably going to be the, do we want to say the funniest part of the episode? I mean, I mean, they're definitely funny parts throughout the episode, but you know, without Javier there, um, this is like the lighter plot line, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah. oh, we, uh, how you feel about the plot line is, I don't, I don't know. But um, Elena and Noel, we open up. They're they're having a drink. They're at the bar. They're they're comparing. We're in the. We interrupt the middle of our conversation. They're having comparing notes on how many people they've slept with. Yep. And Elena seems to be driving this conversation. You get the sense Noel wishes it weren't happening. Yep. Elena obviously has a lot more experience and she's just saying, is it more or less than 10? And Noel looks bashful and she's like, it's like you're a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So here's Uh, my thing. Yeah. He was in a two year relationship and she's asking number of people. And to me, I don't know how many other people watched Will and Grace, the original, but um, at one point, uh, Deborah Messing and the guy she's dating at the time, who is Woody Harrelson, have this, this conversation. It's like, how many people have you slept with? And her number, I don't remember what it was. It was probably like, I don't know, in the teens or 20s. And his number is like three or four. Yeah. And, but he had been married for a while. And then the question between them becomes, well, but how many times have you had sex? And she's like trying to figure hers out. And hers is like, I don't know, 30 or 50. And his is like 400 and something or like 2000 something. Yeah. And so it's sort of, I feel like the same thing here where it's like, if you have a long-term relationship, like number of people doesn't really matter as much, but well, I, I also does any get of it it's not matter, hitting. Though, I feel like I so uh, this conversation comes up, right? Especially I don't know in college. I feel like uh, I feel like with my teammates, it was like who has or hasn't had sex, and you'd raise your hand if you had, and you you wouldn't, and you'd, like each year we would be like we would see at the start of the year, like oh, what just out of curiosity's sake, like where are we with this as a team? And I will fully admit, we never did that. I mean, it was just a thing we did. Um, it was it was almost like a, I don't know, not, not like one of the official traditions, but it was something we always did. But we, and we would only do it at the beginning of the year. Um, I have to say, of the people that I knew enough to know the answer to how many people they had slept with in college, only one person would have said over 10. Yeah, it does make Elena seem a little slutty. You know, I'm not it's allowed tough, to say right? that anymore. I, I mean, right? no, it's tough because I, I don't, I absolutely imagine there could be people who have had 
more than 10 partners in college. Absolutely. In like high school. go with God, go do what you're going to do. <laughs> like whatever, right. whatever. But this was right. in high school because we didn't see her. Was she sleeping with? She Leia? slept with Blair. Okay. So mm-hmm. nine, like over nine people. And she slept with McGrath despite the fact that we want to strike that from the record altogether. Right. I had finally put that out of yeah, my mind. Yeah. So I'm just Thank, saying at least two of them that. happened in college. And we don't know how far above 10 she is because 10 is adorable. Right. Yeah, so I'm assuming. So it's tough. Right. I mean, like I, I'm not going to pass judgment on Elena, but I think setting the bar at 10 in college does not line up with what I saw happening among the people I knew in college, like, yeah, there might've been people who were above 10. Absolutely. But when I look at the people that I knew, I would say almost all of them were below five, maybe below three, you know? So it's like, this is a really interesting number to throw out. And I, I, um, I, I feel like this might be the writers not really, I don't know. Sync with. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is the eighties were different from the nineties were different from, you know, today, right? Cause 80, 70s, right. was all like free love. And then eighties was a lot of cocaine and love, but then there was AIDS, right. And everyone mm-hmm. got super scared. So by like the late nineties, I feel like people were starting to be a little bit more conservative um, mm-hmm. just because it was such a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, it might've been an older writing room. Um, and, Could have been. you know, that that's just, but. And it's almost is, impossible for me to, like my sample size here is so small and yours is probably also fairly small. It's the people that we know. So this is not like an official study. We haven't been like, looking at surveys to see who answered what here. Um, But I think to say that if you've had sex with fewer than 10 people, you're still like a virgin is not an accurate. (laughs) Especially not if you've been having sex with one of them for two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let up on Noel. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't need to feel bad about this. He's had the experience that he's had. And it's um, also Elena. Yeah. Right. So like, I do feel like she's trying to be nicer to him, but she's also still going to be a bit herself, which is, you know, she's trying to be nice, but then she's like, go do it. Go, go ask, you know, go ask her out. And, you know, she's making fun of him and she's like, go do it. And he is so nervous and like awkward. And I guess that's, I mean, my guess is his number is somewhere around like two. Like you know, he's he got sex the with Beth. We, yeah, uh, Beth. And, one time maybe we know he's had sex with Hannah. Yeah. I, I think his number is two. So, like, the fact that he's not great at approaching women is what they're really working on. And he's not great at approaching women because he went to go get her number and he came back with a straw. Mm-hmm. 
Which is hysterical because he has no drink and he declines the drink. So this waitress comes back and she's like, are you sure you don't want to drink with your straw? He's like, nope, all good. Nothing to see here. And Elena just like face palms. No, no. Elena's supportive (laughs) in that moment. She's like, you can have my Coke here. Yeah. Let's let's make some use of the straw, shall we? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, I see what we're working with. This is the news and it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Noel says a couple things here where, so first of all, we understand a bit more about the history of Beth, right? She was drunk. He was desperate. Doesn't count. So his number is back to one. But he wow. then makes this big deal about how he's lost his moves. I'm like, what moves? We have no evidence that there were any, ever any moves. His stay in New York or parish moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, which did not work. It so, did not work. The, but, you know, classically buy the Estonian time. chocolate for girl yeah. moves. Yeah. yeah. No. His, <sighs> like, special way of eating sausages, which I think is just fine. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, it's not a move. Yeah. It's, uh, I just... I kind of feel, I feel bad for Noel in this episode. Yeah. I feel bad for him top to bottom. I mean, it's not it's not his best. It's yeah, but he it's, it's also you know he's he's also doing nothing wrong. Like I I, I don't know. Like he well, he was he was a bit of a dick in the last episode. He was, he, yeah, but we take Julie and Noel out of that context in this episode, right? So we needed to set up the the tension with Felicity and Ben that Julie and Noel have in the last episode. And we'll deal with that again. But uh, in this episode, they give us a bit of a reprieve from that. And they they it's like they they give everybody a little bit of a breather. Elena has these conversations with Noel. Julie and Sean are doing the things they're doing. And it gives us a chance to um if anybody was feeling like, oh, Julie and Noel are being so hard on them or they're being so mean or whatever, they're grounding us back in the fact that these are people who are cool. You know, like they're they're the same people that we knew. There are things we still appreciate about them. And we're going to have tension again. But they're reminding us of like there's value to these characters that we knew from last year. They're just hurting. Yeah, and I can see that. I don't know that I would use the word cool for Noel, but well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I think for Noel, where I feel bad for him in this episode is like, um, he doesn't need to have moves, you know, like he's, 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 he's sort of like, I don't know, I guess he being hard on himself is not going to help him have confidence. That's true. I think that the way that Elena is approaching him is how Elena would approach him, but it's also making his insecurity um, heighten and it's going to be hard to be confident from that place. So, you know, it's, I don't think it, in a perfect world, his wing person here (laughs) would be somebody who's like his hype person pumping him up, giving him tips and also letting him know you're awesome. But that's not really how Elaine is approaching it. Elaine is giving him tips and is like, you're a baby. <laughs> and he's well, like, do I need to be I don't like know. that? I no. mean, this, she does have her back and forth. But I also think she's she's not a terrible wing woman because 
you know, she goes with the tough love approach. And yeah. I feel like Noel responds to that. She's just like, you're going to the party. You're going to get a number. And he's like, okay. And you know what? He gets a number. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it worked. Sort of. Yeah. I uh, will come back to that when we get to the party, right? If we're going to go chronological, we've set it up where they just had this initial conversation in the bar. He's, he's spotted the waitress. He wants to get her number or her name, but he doesn't get that far. He just asked for the straw. And Elena knows we've got some work to do. <laughs> and then so, we cut to Julie yeah. and Sean. Yep. And I... I don't quite take take back what I said I last wondering. episode, <laughs> but I feel like it is different this episode. I feel like Julie was flirting last episode. Yeah. I do not feel like <laughs> she is flirting now. Sean, I held my tongue hard last episode. <laughs> I was yeah. very curious how this one was going to land for you specifically with those two characters. So talk to me yeah. about what you saw in this one. This one, she's friends and he's more, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's dating other people. She's, you know, asking him if she can have a party and like appealing to his entrepreneurial spirit and we can charge cover. He's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And, and he is being really sweet to her, right? You know, he is saying, I'll split it with you 50-50. And he's, you know, he's letting, she expressed interest in his entrepreneurial whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's responding to that by like being sweet and just, you know, kind of on multiple occasions trying to ask her out. And she's like, no, I'm busy. No, I have a date. Like, you're not the guy I'm into. And he's like, okay. Um <laughs> So, mm-hmm. but he's not giving up, which is kind of sad. So but... in this conversation, she just gets him to agree. Yeah, let's we'll we'll have a party at the loft. Yeah, and then Julie's like, "Great, now I have something to invite Tim to. Tim <laughs> from Human Sexuality class." And he's like, "Oh God, of yeah, all the classes, all the Tims." <laughs> Glad I could help you with that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I just um, wrote, he's more into her than she is to him. And that, my friend, is what they need you to understand about that yeah. relationship. Yeah, um, that was made very clear. And it's it was unfortunate that they gave you a different impression in the last episode because, um, boy, uh, this is going to feel this way for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's painful. It's like, it's... I mean, think about how much Sean has brought Julie into his world. You know, he's giving her a place to stay. The way they put it, the way she put it in this episode, I couldn't tell if he's actually charging her rent or not. I would think he is, but she almost made it sound like he's not. Um, yeah, but he, that he's, was kind of my impression, even from the last episode. Yeah. Was, I don't know if he's going to charge her rent. I mean, so it feels a little shelter. He's, he, he's like just trying to have these moments where it's like, Oh, let's talk about the party as friends over dinner. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, he's just really brought her in and 
he's got no buffer now. <laughs> I think she doesn't, I don't think she sees it no. right now. You know, maybe she will later, but I, I really don't think she's doing anything wrong with Sean. I still don't think it was a good idea for her to move in with Ben, but I don't think she's trying to lead him on. I think yeah. she's just trying to be. I think she's oblivious. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she sees them as friends. Mm-hmm. And Sean is playing into it to a degree in like making it sound like they can do things with no commitment. You know, it's like, oh, let's, let's talk about this, you know, over a meal, like the party, you know, like the business side of it. And it's like, well, he's, you know, he is not setting it up as if it were a date, but it in his mind, you know, that it would be. Yeah. So it's, um, boy. Um, but I do like that they give us this Julie and Sean stuff here to, remind us of who Julie is. It's been yeah, a few episodes a friendly, since we've seen like a, a non bitter. Yeah. Like she was so hurt at the end of last season in the first episode of this one. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you know, before things started going South with Ben, she was dealing with having been raped. So it's been a hot minute since we've seen Julie having fun. Yeah. It's so, kind of what she said. Like, this last year has not been great. Yeah. So, so they're giving yep. us a little bit of that here. Um, but then we're going to cut back to Felicity and Bennett, Dean, and DeLuca. Mm-hmm. Felicity has finally gotten her pictures developed from the road trip because that's how we did it you brought a bunch of film with you (laughs) and then you took pictures and you hoped for the best (laughs) you never really knew if any of the pictures you took of the most important thing that happened came out until the trip was over and you got the film developed and then you figured out how it went (laughs) yeah did you ever have that experience where you like were looking at the role and there was like a couple pictures that were just all black and it's like well those memories are gone (laughs) i had whole roles that would get exposed and and it would just be like i've now paid 20 bucks to have a role of nothing developed um thanks camera and those memories are lost to me forever this is what it looks like blackness (laughs) yeah that's it i mean i was never big on taking pictures anyway i just sort of like to experience the moment a lot of the time. Um, but I did take some cool pictures because I saw some cool stuff. But I never took these types of pictures where it's just like I'm on a road trip with one other person. Like, let's take pictures of us having fun. Mm-hmm. That was never something I did. I took pictures of wildlife or geological stuff you know mountains or whatever but i was never really into like the friend group photo i mean a lot of my friends took them and then gave them to me because i didn't have any Mm -hmm. um but i was never like because you know i'm sure people do this with their phones now but or actually they probably don't have to because you can just like 
share them with everybody, but we used to have one person stand and you'd give them like 12 cameras. Mm -hmm. And then that one person had to take 12 pictures of the 12 people standing in front mm -hmm. of them together so that everyone had a picture. And when you oh, developed no. your film, you could also ask for doubles. Yes. Um, so you didn't necessarily need to have everybody take them anyway. But um, you did. But you did. I mean, if you yep. really wanted immediate <laughs> gratification and knowing that you got a picture, you needed a Polaroid. Yeah. Those and were they were fun because you got to like. Shake them. You got to shake them. Shake them like a Polaroid, Polaroid picture. picture. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we're we're, we're dating ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but so is everybody who watches the show. <laughs> um, everything that just happened in the last thirty seconds was very scary. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. we're the same person now. Well, I think we always have been. It Love took three it. days of podcasting to get there, but we are officially <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> um, and Melissa looks a little panicked. This uh, is something that uh, she shares with Ben. He He's continuing to look a little panicked as Felicity is trying to, you know, put together a picnic basket. And yeah. this I don't get. Tell me how you feel about this. Like, in this scene, Ben is the worst liar. It is so obvious he is lying. Yeah. And she looks at him and she's just like, you're lying. Was he always a bad liar? I feel like, like he wouldn't be a bad liar. I think he doesn't want to have a hard conversation. And then he also does. So he's not saying with his words, but he's saying with his size and the way he's delivering it in a way that he knows Felicity will probably pick up on it. So like, you know, she's really not doing anything in this scene to pressure him. She's like, hey, got the got the photos developed. There are some pretty cool ones. And she's packing up a bat, like, you know, the the picnic. And it's about as light and airy as this could be, you know, but he's coming into it with all of these thoughts and all of this, like, there's pressure here. Even if there isn't pressure from her in this scene, there's pressure for him because he thinks there's pressure generally. So he looks at these pictures and he gives, I just, in my notes, I wrote Ben's size. <laughs> his whole body shook with a big sigh the moment the pictures touch his hands. <laughs> She's yeah. like, um, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> It was a little weird. I wrote down he looked panicked because I I just see this buildup in him where he he kind of freezes and like forgets how to breathe properly. Yeah. And I just feel like he's he is sweating. Like he is starting to sweat. <laughs> like you can't see it, but it's happening. Yeah. So, I mean, his, the giveaways are obviously there. Like you don't sigh that hard and sweat that hard and not have the other person notice. And he knows that. Right. But then she's like, um, is everything okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah fine, fine, fine. <laughs> you know, but he's even saying that in a way that belies the fact that it's not really fine and she's Felicity. So she's going to get to the bottom of it. And I think she's, she's trying to sort of coax it out of him as gently as she can. 
um, where it's like, well, it doesn't, doesn't seem like that, you know, like, and he's like, no, but it is. And she's like, you're not happy. Are you? Yeah. Which I thought was a little too insightful for her. I don't Uh, believe that didn't ring true to me. Um, I think she could have said a lot of stuff, but that in particular, I don't buy as a line she would have said. I do buy that as a line she would have said, especially because of the way she's been primed from her conversation with Gretchen. She's now looking for funny looks. She's looking for signs of a guy who's not into it the way that she is. And so yeah, maybe it's just the phrasing. Yeah. I, I just feel like it it didn't ring true for me. Like I could see her getting to the same point, but that phrase mm-hmm. seemed weird coming mm-hmm. out of her mouth. Yeah. But it is also one of the more direct ways she like there's you're not happy, are you? How many ways can you answer that that evade, <laughs> you know, like that evade the point? Um, there may have been other things she could have said where he could have been like, yeah, it's fine and continued that. But to be like, yes or no, are you happy? Um, and for him to be like, I'm not. And then he elaborates enough. He's like, I don't know if I want this right now. Which is just the truth. Mm -hmm. So, and she seems shocked. And they're going to keep going through this. But I still like that he's telling her the truth. I do too. And well, I mean, I, yeah, I I like it. And I like the way they end the scene, which we've seen them do this style of shooting before to end a scene on many occasions, not usually from outside a building to inside through the window, but they go from we're in the room with Felicity and Ben city says you're not happy are you and ben's like no like i don't know if i want this right now felicity falls silent ben falls silent and then the camera shifts to being on the other side of the stockroom door where we can look through the window to see them mm-hmm. and you've said in the past um when they when they've done stuff like that it's like yeah this could be anybody anywhere it's universal and I guess from that moment, they, they go from having us be an intimate part of the scene with these two people to like, there's distance between them. There's distance from us to them. And this could be happening anywhere and probably is. Um, you know, people are having this conversation all over the world. Yep. I agree. And so I was a little thrown off again, just by that line from Felicity. Mm -hmm. But I think the rest of the scene rang true. But then then we get this scene with Elena and Felicity, and again, love her hair, um, where Elena is being incredibly supportive and empathetic, Mm -hmm. which again, I don't buy. I feel like this is such a different character. It's such a different Elena right like she she usually does have something a little more hard edge right either like i'm studying or like you know uh she doesn't quite get 
how she's supposed to support somebody mm -hmm. um, or she's giving them tough love. But here she's just purely supportive and empathetic. And I wasn't really buying that either. I suppose this is the version of Elena that was trying to prevent Felicity, was trying to invite Felicity to get hot chocolate or ice cream to prevent her from seeing Noel and Hannah together. Yeah, I mean, I can see her having done it that one time, but it also wasn't a conversation. It was just, it was action. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of feel like because we don't have Julie, and Julie is usually the one who's supportive and empathetic, mm -hmm. that they're now slotting Elena into that role for Felicity, because mm -hmm. otherwise she just wouldn't have anyone. Okay. Um, and I just, I don't know, and maybe Elena's just going to be different this season. But it it's striking me as a very different Elena. And mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine that the affair with McGrath changed her that much into like a completely different supportive, empathetic person. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I'll just have to see as the season goes on. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that evolves for you. I'm trying to think if, um, it didn't, it didn't hit me as, as strange as it did for you. I, I, I didn't even really register it. And I'm not sure if that's because she softens. Um, yeah. Like a lot. I, well, I mean, in the future, and I'm bringing that with me into this. I don't know. Um, I can think of so a particular character in her life that will probably cause a shift in Elena, but I don't know if it's this shift. So I don't know. We'll have to keep watching that and look for, look for how Elena's dynamic with Felicity might change, or if they're just trying to like make her fill the role that Julie was filling last year. But I mean, I think it, you know, it's, does it, does this scene move things forward? Not really. I think it, what we get out of it is, you know, Felicity is upset about the fact that they're, I don't know if this is a breakup with Ben, I, they, were they together or were they, I don't know. Um, she doesn't know. So, but I think the main thing we get from this is, Felicity's like, I kind of wish I knew why, <laughs> like yeah. what just happened? Um, because she's really missing some important information about th th this came out of nowhere for her. And, and it really shouldn't have given how she saw Ben was with Julie. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that later, but like, I don't, I don't feel like this should have come out of nowhere. It happened fast though. It happened really, really fast. I think in another universe, this would have been, there would have been like some amount of time of just like the blissful early days of uh, figuring out what this relationship is before this might've happened, even if it was going to happen anyway. They missed the part where they got to like have it be just the start, you know, and, and there, there are some relationships though, that are just never going to have that. Yeah. And I think given how they spent the first year and just, there was a lot of heaviness in 
in Felicity's decision to follow him. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just don't see this ever being light for her. Mm -hmm. I can see being light for Ben because he had no idea. So maybe there would have been more time where it was light for Ben. But I don't feel like I think this there ever absolutely would have been. been more time. Like, I think this happened a lot faster than it might have because Sean was pushing so hard. Um, on Ben. On Ben. But Felicity doesn't know that that was happening. But what Felicity has this, no clue. Right. But I think this always would have been the issue is it never would have been fun, like airy, flirty, mm -hmm. like we're just hanging out and I'm okay with that. Like, it, 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 I think it would have gotten here a lot sooner than, than I think you think so. Like, Sean, I don't think is a huge motivating factor. I mean, Ben just stopped, like, doesn't show up for something or, you know, he's, he just wants to keep it light and Felicity's always very serious and, like, she does, she'll get mad at him and, you know, she'll like freak out about something and he'll be like, this is too hard and run away. Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like that happens that Sean or no Sean, that would happen pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Well, nonetheless, the point of this conversation, I think for us to see is Felicity's like, why, why did this happen? Um, so we know she's thinking that question. She's wondering. And then we pretty much immediately cut to Ben and Sean because they want to remind us why it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, in case you were also sitting here thinking why, let's just reiterate. So Ben says to Sean, you know, I didn't tell her about the tape. And Sean's like, good job, buddy. But then Ben's like, what if I made a mistake? And Sean's like, no, stop it. Okay, maybe that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sean's like, nope, you didn't. But Ben's yeah. not. Ben had this conversation. Things are broken off. And he is still wrestling with it. And um, from Felicity's standpoint, he was firm. But it's not so firm in Ben's head right now. He's like, ah, I didn't tell her why this happened. I don't know if I should have done it. Well, um, and he also said in Dean and DeLuca, I don't know if this is what I want right now. Yeah, it was very... It wasn't definitive. It was just yeah. like, I'm not sure I'm as into this as you are, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Yeah. And and that You're is right. going to be played with a lot through this episode. You're right. He was... He was... And... I, I read that as, you know, cause we got the scene with him and Julie last year where he's like, Oh, I don't know. Do you think we're sometimes too, see like things are too heavy or too serious? I can't remember what word it was. She's like, uh, do you mean we had a hard year? And like, so, so Julie, Julie is taking the way Ben is talking as he definitively wants to break up and doesn't want to use the words. And, and I do correct. agree with that read. And I'm yeah. not sure it's the same thing happening here. If oh, he, I agree. I agree. I don't, I don't think he wants to break up with her. What he wants is her to be a different person than she is. Yeah. So he's the, the wishy-washiness of what he's saying 
doesn't play the same way. And I don't think it's meant to play the same way as it did with Julie. I think it, like you said, it's meant to be, he actually isn't sure that this is the right thing. He wants what's probably a more unrealistic ask yeah. of making her be casual about it. Yeah. Um, so but to me, it's coming from the same place because he wanted the relationship with Julie to be more casual too. I think by the time that ha- they had that conversation, there was no way of making that relationship more casual, like because of the outside. Yeah. The, like it wasn't like Julie's being too serious. It's like Julie was raped. Julie met her birth mom. Julie thought the birth mom wasn't her birth mom. And then it turns out she is. And then she has a, a husband that's actually Julie's father and two kids who are now, you know, it's like, wow. And then Ben had the gambling and yeah. the money troubles. And even if they wanted to make it a fun, flirty thing, that was not what the universe was giving them. So that was an impossible ask for I the relationship with Julie. Is, I think this is an impossible ask too. Yeah, for a different Felicity reason. Felicity would have, for a different reason. It's just that Felicity is who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's true. Well, so we have, we're getting these little snippets of conversations that are going to kind of tie together as we keep moving forward. The next thing we're going to see is Gretchen. <laughs> the shoes. The shoes. <laughs> I love this shot. It's because we see these, um, what my family always called FMPs, fuck me pumps. Okay. So she's wearing these FMPs. And they're these high black stiletto things that she does not know how to walk she in. She can't walk in them. Yeah. Cannot walk in them at all. Um, and I didn't know exactly who it was at first because I was like, the, the shoes look like something Megan would wear, but Megan would be able to walk in them. Mm-hmm. So who else could this be? And it did take them panning up. For me to realize that it was Gretchen. In her high voltage look. Oh my goodness. According to the list, she needed a high voltage look. So so 90s. High and voltage this look. Is it. And she yeah. went to the cafeteria dressed like that. She did. And a yeah. friend of Ian saw it and talked mm-hmm. to Ian. And now Ian's interested again. She's like, it's working. The list is working, Felicity. And then she hands the Girl on Girl magazine. I know that's not the name of it. I just can't remember what it's called. Oh, I was like, that can't be the name they gave it. Okay. <laughs> it's like Girls, Girls something. Okay. Girls well. <laughs> World. Okay. I don't know. Um, okay. Anyway, she hands it to her and says, there is a look on page 50 something that would be killer on you. And I just wonder if that was the dress yeah they never showed that to us um i don't know could have been the dress or maybe it wouldn't wasn't and i think the main point here is felicity now has the list in her possession yeah she's got the outfit on page 50 whatever (laughs) she's also got the whole list and she'll be able to really sit and think about that (laughs) and if there's anything that felicity does well it's think Mm-hmm. And so 
she can now be tempted, you know, she, she shouldn't, she, you know, that advice she gave to Gretchen, you know, earlier in the episode, yeah, you shouldn't have to change yourself, you know, like be who you are. And then now she's being given the gift of here's what change looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she doesn't have to do all of the list. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have to completely change. She can just, just do a couple of things. Yeah. She's got to do. So she's going to noodle on that for a little while, see how it goes. Yeah. And in the meantime, we're going to yeah, see the, the adventures of Noel again. Noel is just going to be thoroughly shut down. Completely, <sighs> completely shut down. He goes back to the bar to find the waitress <laughs> with no intention to order food or drinks or straws without drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes and does he just ask for her name or does he say I'm well, Noel? Yeah, I think he says <laughs> something like, hi, I'm Noel or something. And she, and she gives the biggest waving away that's ever happened. She's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And she's just like, her arms are spreading wide with the, with the waving of the hands to get him out of the room. <laughs> yeah, everything about it. No eye contact. <sighs> like, please remove yourself from my presence immediately. Yeah, it's not good. And we're just going to cut then straight back to Noel recounting the tale to Elena and being like, she's like, what did you get shut down? He's like, being shut down would have been a pleasure. (laughs) 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 I was thrown out of the game entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So he did, he did not strike out. He was completely, he wasn't even allowed into the game. Yeah. He got turned away at the turnstile. Get this guy off the roster. Yeah. So. Uh And so Elena's like, what are we working with here? Show me your technique. She's going to step up. She is going to be a wing woman. She's going to say, you know, hey, look, let me explain to you how this works. Because clearly, I mean, you're not doing this. Because she's like, here, just try it on me. Like, I'm going to be some extremely beautiful, like, pre that egg she sticks up there, Gwyneth, mm-hmm. right? And and he just comes up and says, hi, I'm Noel. And she's like, nope. He's like, that's what the waitress did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Elena is now going to show him a technique that could work. She's like, women need staging. They need, they need phases of a pickup. Yeah, got to feel comfortable. Yeah, so she's going to experiment. She's going to show it on him. Gonna, you beat so Gwyneth. Have, yes, and try to be blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to say, you know, Melissa, would would this work on you? The guy comes up to you and says, like, hey, I'm Noel versus Elena's version, which is, hey, do you know where the bathroom is? Oh, by the way, my name is Noel. I'm a bad person to ask. Neither of these things would work on me. My process is, hey, I've seen you every Wednesday for the last year at bowling. (laughs) We've been having fun, right? I think we might be already dating, but if we're not, I'm whatever the name is. (laughs) Like, I don't build trust with somebody in a matter of five minutes. And so if somebody's going to approach me like that, it's not going to yield a date. So there's just no cold openings for There's you. no cold openings for me for a okay. relationship whatsoever. Well, 
I mean, I can meet people, especially like friends of friends or something like that. But I feel that it is worse to immediately associate yourself with a bathroom when trying to pick up a woman. It's like, hey, I'm going to go take a dump. (laughs) Want to go out? Like, please think think of of my... When you think of the toilet. Yeah. Like, (laughs) please imagine that this hand I'm holding out to you was just holding my dick and I haven't washed it. Okay. Like, no. I see your point. Ew. Don't do that. Well, I don't know. I'm... I am not a good person to ask on what would work in this situation because none of this would work on me in five minutes to yield an actual, let's go out on a date. Um, but, yeah. but it was, you know, it was, it was just getting their name, getting their number. I mean, I've definitely given my number. Um, I've definitely given fake numbers, <laughs> but I've also given my number a couple of times, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, if this is what works for Elena and every time a guy asks her where the bathroom is, she thinks she's getting hit on. It may explain how high her number is. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's obviously giving advice because she thinks this is how it works (laughs) and it works this way for her. So I'm not going to dispute that. I'd be curious among our listeners, like, Hey, would this work for you? Do you think one strategy is better than another one? Um, uh, You know, what? I think we need outside opinion because I'm going to come up very, (laughs) (laughs) very short in this area. Um, But yeah, I mean, staging, I don't know. I I mean, I agree that you need to start a conversation. You know, that's what lines are for. That's what moves are for, you know, but this was just not a good one. Uh Right. But I do enjoy her just flipping back to like bossy Elena, where she's like, look, you can practice. He's like, I'm not going to that party. She's like, you are going to that party and you will get a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, uh, there she is. There's the Elena I love. Yeah. We'll circle back to my thoughts on that when we actually talk about the party itself, I think. Um, okay. But yeah, that's, that's what she does. She's like, we're doing this, whether you like it yeah. or not. And I know you don't. We're and, doing and we anyway. are, we are going to, I think, come back to this idea of games and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to say, at the start, for the record, I do think that Elena's right that there does need to be some, like there, there are moves, they exist, there are games, there are reasons people play them. So. <sighs> like we'll we'll get there but like i'm not 100 percent anti this uh this approach to especially at that age mm-hmm. approaching a stranger yeah and okay. making them feel comfortable fair enough all right well uh meanwhile I'll talk about somebody who's not to making somebody else comfortable <laughs> berkey i love him I love him so much. Berkey interrupts <laughs> Felicity at the worst possible moment. Felicity is looking oh. through the pictures of the road trip pictures, now immediately post breakup, ruining the day, sad with her thoughts, needing to cry over her her four by five, sixes or five by sevens, whatever size they were, by herself. 
And Berkey knocks on the door. Was this one where he just came out of the, sh- he, he's about to go into the shower? I think so. Okay. Like, like, shower like with to me? Know. Yeah. And she's like, I already showered. Like, well, I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, he, and she um, just freaking loses it. Yeah. He, she he's loses it. Being persistent. Berkey. Yes. <laughs> he's being very persistent. And just wants her to go out with him in some way. And yeah, we're going to see Carrie Russell in her vein in a hot minute here. <laughs> Carrie Russell has this great anger vein that comes out when she's angry. And you, you know, when you, you know, when you see it, it means a lot. It's the <laughs> Carrie Russell's angry vein. Um, and yeah, it's just right in the middle of her forehead. It's like a V and she goes into that mode right here. She's like, you know what? You're a pest. You're a gnat. He's like a gnat with a G. It's like, yes, a gnat with a G. I can't handle you when you're like this. I can't handle you ever. Um, and then, you know, she says it in a way where he's like, ooh, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I like that too. And she's like, I can't with you anymore. And she just like turns back to her pictures. It's like, let me be miserable somewhere else. Okay. Like I was looking for misery, but not this brand of it. So... <laughs> Yeah. And he just like backs out of the room. Sorry, but he'll be back. Yeah. I mean, gosh, he must, his skin must be very thickened around. Like, <laughs> he, he, this cannot be the first time somebody's been like, go away. <laughs> and he just seems like it can't bring him down. And I think the only reason that could be is that this is like the 47th person he's done this with. And and it's probably worked at some point. So he's just like, I'm going to keep going until it works. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he just has hope despite all odds. Uh, Who knows? He may be the eternal optimist. But... But he's enough to drive Felicity up the freaking wall. Yeah, she's she's been driven up the wall. So, but here's the thing. Felicity is looking at the pictures, and so is Ben. I know, right? Same In another time. place, another time. Somewhere yeah, same time. out there. Same time. <laughs> uh, actually, that wasn't a good parallel, right? Because they were like brother and sister in Bible, right? Well, yeah. Okay, whatever. So... <laughs> Okay, fine. Um, it's a good song, just not it's really an appropriate reference. Uh, I'm just gonna let you know I'm I'm not cutting that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. So, but same same time, another place, alternate universe. Ben also looking at the pictures. Yes, and it's nice because when we finally get to see it, we don't quite see the one that that. Felicity's looking at, but you can kind of see it from behind mm-hmm. that it looks like it's a picture of Ben. Mm-hmm. And then you see the one that he's looking at, and it's this like picture of Felicity looking right at him. She looks gorgeous. So it's a nice little picture. parallel. Yeah. She looks gorgeous all the time, but she looks great in that picture. Um, yeah. yeah, he's, he, I wrote regretful in my notes. He's just looking at it, he's just feeling sad that. I don't know. He's feeling the loss of the relationship, maybe. I feel like he's bouncing around, right? Because he doesn't know what to do. He really doesn't. Yeah. Um, 
And so now he's looking at the, I mean, he does like her. He only likes her, but he likes her. And he's just like, you know what? I need to go talk to her. So, well, you know, um, in a twisted way, like Sean has been positioning this with him. Like you are going to hurt her, which is true. So in a weird convoluted way, breaking up with her is a kindness. Yeah. And so that I can appreciate why that would be a struggle for him. Cause it's like, I don't want to break up with her. I like her. I want to be with her. We're having fun Mm -hmm. together, but I'm going to hurt her. And I don't want to do that because I like her. So it's like a weird compliment in a twisted way. But I think the, the part we have to layer in, which comes back in the end is why is he going to hurt her? Mm-hmm. Because he's not ready for a relationship because he, you know, he's just, he generally, and, and we'll see it in this scene. Um, but, but before we get into this scene, I just, you know, I, I'm looking at her new room and I'm just loving so many things about this. Like she has this, beautiful lampshade her clothes are looking great she's got these nice blinds she's got wall art with like an easel so maybe it's like her art um you know she's just got this whole different aesthetic and i'm just loving it yeah it's so different from the previous year cool so anyway just and they had to do that right because otherwise it's the same room, right? It's the same set. So <laughs> like they need to make some sort of a distinction between, Hey, am I watching a scene from season one or from season two when I'm watching this? And so changing. And there are candles that are nice and mm-hmm. colorful and a mirror that's season two. If there's ugly Brown sweaters and an old chair from what I'm assuming is a thrift shop. It's season one. Yeah. There you have it. That's, that's mm-hmm. how you tell the difference. Yep. Yeah. So Ben's going to show up at this room. Yep. He knows where it is. He's been there before. Mm-hmm. He's coming in and he wants to talk. He does. And she's just confused and he's confused. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is what, what I'm talking about. You know, he's like, you you it it is what sean was saying like felicity is marriage material so when he's with her he feels pressure mm-hmm. um now he does kind of put it on her saying you know i'm worried i won't live up to your expectations and you know i'm it, it's just i'm not the guy right like the the long-term talk about everything like love in love with you right now like I'm not the guy and like I personally am a firm believer in when someone tells you who they are believe them Mm -hmm. so this is him telling her I'm not the guy and I think he's right Mm -hmm. and I think he's right to to tell her that but then then they get into this argument over the tape. Yeah. 
So I don't know if you want to. So, yeah, I mean, well, the way this conversation opens also, he's not really sure where to start. She's just, she's like, can I ask a question? And he's like, sure. She says, is it just me or did we enjoy our time on the trip? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we did. She's like, okay. <laughs> so question number two, what happened? Because we've been at school for a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like what happened here? And so that's when he goes into the the general statements that he unfortunately follows up with the specifics. So, you know, he says, I feel pressure of your expectations. She's like, expectations? What expectations have I articulated to you? And that's when he gets in trouble because, if you know, if he could have just said, look, you're a serious person and I know that. Um, and I, I'm worried that I'm not, that we're looking for two different things from this relationship. That would have been a version of this conversation when you're keeping things general. Yeah. And he did say that it's just, he then kept talking. Yeah. And at which point she's like, I've never said that. And he's like, well, you did just like, I did what he's like on your tape. She's like, nah, huh? What now? (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, wait, 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 you broke up with me because something I said on my tape. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, yeah. Oh, no, no. And then no. he's like, it's a lot to think that you could be in love. Yeah, but he gets super defensive. Yeah. From a position that he should not be. Like, I get it. She's pissed. And so he's getting defensive. But like. I mean, getting called out. (laughs) Yeah. So this is where um, I'm glad we get to talk about this scene. And I'm glad the rest of this episode plays out the way that it does. Because this felicity from this point forward in this episode, to me, becomes a symbol of how I wish everybody would be confident enough to handle a situation like this. Um, and like, so like there, there's more than one way you can look at this. Right. But I, one way that I want to look at it is saying the way that Felicity handles everything that happens from this point forward in this episode is how I would want to be as a confident woman who's going to stand up for herself or who's going to not compromise herself completely out of existence. Um, And unfortunately to get there, we have to show you the picture of like how cruddy this is. Um, And so when I see this scene from this point forward, Ben is gaslighting her. I don't like this. (laughs) Like I hate, I hate it when people do this. I think it's a really bad sign in a relationship when somebody, or in any dynamic between two people, I don't think that gaslighting is something that can lead to something healthy. So he, he says, I listened to the tape. It's a lot to think that you could be in love with me. He just violated her. Absolutely. I put that down. Violation. Yeah. And she knows it. And she's like, you did what? Like you can see her being like, you, these are my private thoughts. Um, 
And he is like, everything has to be such a huge deal with you. And it's like, dude, this is a big deal. Don't you even with that? <laughs> like, I felt very, very protective of Felicity the moment he said those words. I was like, you don't get just to, to give her the, you're crazy. <laughs> this isn't a thing. Stop being so crazy. Like, that's basically what he's doing with her in the situation. And this is not at all uncommon to hear that people say things like this. And the thing is, she, of all the ways you could handle this, because a lot of times when somebody is gaslighting you in this way, you can be like, oh, I'm sorry. I know it, it sounds like a lot, but it's not really like you can try to defend. You can try to justify. You can try to soften yourself so you're not coming off as crazy anymore. What she does, though, is she like she's like, no, no, no. You picked up my tape. You listened to my thoughts. That is a big deal. And I was glad that she didn't let him get away with that in the conversation. Because at that point, he knows he's playing with fire and he wants out of the room. Yeah. And he, but you don't get to lazily say things like that. And then like have Felicity believe she's done something wrong. Yeah. I, I would say for this scene, I agree. I don't agree for the rest, the whole rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's doing a lot of things that are also leading him on, um, and she knows it. And so, but in this scene, that's true. The red dress stuff. I don't. You don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the scene and the, the final scene. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So he, yeah, he gets defensive. He starts gaslighting her. She's not putting up with it. And he runs away because Mm -hmm. this is a, this to me, I've seen as a pattern. He does not like emotional conflict. Mm -hmm. He can deal with, oh, like, you want to fight me? I'll fight you. Like, fine. He can deal with like getting beaten up on like a super clean street, but he doesn't like any kind of messy emotional conflict. He just runs away from it. Yeah. And it's, it is a defense mechanism. And it shows that he is still immature and hasn't dealt with his shit and is one reason that he's not ready to be with her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think that comes out very clearly in this scene and, you know, uh, it could come across to Felicity as Felicity has done something wrong. And I think somebody who's not confident in themselves will see that they've done something wrong in this situation when they haven't. And so she, I like that she was able to be like, you know what? I leave tapes. That's what I do. Like, these are my tapes. <laughs> you listen. Yeah. Like the, I've done nothing to apologize for here. And I think she's somebody who would apologize if she felt like she needed to. And the fact that in this moment, she's, she's just angry. Like She has apologized in the past when she didn't need to. Yeah. I love that she doesn't hear. Yeah. Um, you're right. I, I spoke too soon when I said through the rest of the episode, because I think all the red dress stuff is, is not her best uh, decision, but I, um, this scene and that, last conversation she has with them when she ends it i think are exactly what i would want people to take away from this 
and we'll get more to it during the last scene. But I, I'm just pointing out, she uses some of the exact same language that I used for Ben in his breakup with Julie. Mm-hmm. And I feel so validated mm-hmm. <laughs> that the writers are like, yes, this is characteristic of his. And for what it's worth, I also appreciate the overall message they gave us with how they handled like the red dress stuff, because I know I'm skipping ahead. I'll say this quickly. We can come back to it. Like part of this as well is that there, the show seems to be telling us the list doesn't work. Yeah. And I like that. That's the message that they're trying to send uh, especially to women of that age. So even though you may not love that Felicity tries it, she tries it and it fails and it fails for Gretchen. The list doesn't work. You know, it's like, at least in this episode, it doesn't, or at the show, it doesn't. So I, I that's the message. And I think in general, if you think of it from the perspective of I think it's very different between Gretchen and Felicity, right? Gretchen gets dumped by Ian. Mm -hmm. Felicity dumps Ben. Mm -hmm. So really the list was working and Felicity comes, you know, she, she decides for herself that she's not going to change. And that I think is a good message, but I'm not a hundred percent on that games, especially at this age don't work because moves and games and things like that are, you know, they are part of relationships. There's a reason that like, like I'll just say, you know, I, I was dating a guy and things were going really well. And he said, I love you way too soon. And I broke up with him, Mm -hmm. right? So he may have felt it, like completely made sense for who he was, but he needed to keep that to himself. Mm -hmm. Like, so sometimes you do have to figure out timing and it is a game and there's a, a little bit of that in there of feeling out the other person. And people say all the time, like, I don't play games, you know? And I think at a certain age, that is can be true because you've had enough life Mm -hmm. where you can just be honest and say stuff. But especially when you're young and you're getting into this, you know, different types of relationships, meeting different people, like all of this stuff, there is a level of making the other party comfortable Mm -hmm. that is needed. And that, and there's also a part of, you know, making sure that they're still interested in you. Mm-hmm. And that can be years and years down the line. And you may say, like, you shouldn't have to do that. But that's life. Like, if you're married to someone for like 20, 30 years, I'm guessing some games are getting played somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think using an, a, a, I think the word games is a very broad term. And I think there's timing and then there's like compassionate, like 
thinking about when somebody or how somebody needs to hear something. Um, I don't respect people testing each other for any reason at any time. So I don't think it's as much testing as it is like reigniting a spark or like, you know, just a generally helping to appreciate each other over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it is fun with a game, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And um, that's why I don't want to broadly say I don't like them. I think a lot of the ideas of games people play when they start dating in a strictly dating world, I'm like, eh, that's why I don't do it because I hate the idea of it. So <laughs> you're not going to ever find me in that set in that setting because that would be the way to show me I don't want to be with you. Um, <laughs> but I like, I know that it works for some people. I do think even, in, I, I think that, um, you know, a game can work if both people are wanting to play it. And uh, I think that I just, I, I would set a limit around like, if, if there's a generalization that I can say that I think would be true more broadly, I think it would be for me, like when it looks more like a test than a game, I'm out on that for everybody. Uh, And that's not to say everybody is out on that. Like a lot of people let themselves get tested or test other people. And they're probably attracting people who are willing to be tested or test others. (laughs) You know, like, so it's, you know, you get what you're looking for in that situation. Um, But I think that I, I like the way that this episode shows all this. Um, it's not a surprise to me that Jennifer Levin's name is on this as the head writer. Um, this is giving messages that I would want women to pick up on, especially coming off of, you know, where, when we were looking back at season one, there were things like, there were a lot of surprising moments for me thinking, oh, no, I thought going in like Noel's the nice guy. And then we heard Noel saying stuff that was like, oh, this would be a red flag now. Mm-hmm. And it was it's just, and, and you were often like, well, this is kind of what maybe being a nice guy in the nineties might've looked like. It's like, okay, that could be true. And I'm glad we're coming as far as this to start showing, um, you know, the way Felicity stands up for herself about Ben hearing the tape, the way, you know, um, Gretchen tries the list and it doesn't work, even though it wasn't her that broke it off it doesn't work felicity tries the list and it doesn't feel like it might be working for ben but felicity is very clear with the audience i feel terrible about me about doing this i'm compromising myself i'm not okay with doing that and i'm gonna break it off and then the whole conversation she has with ben to break it off it's like well they gave us this you know in a in an episode that i I'm going to say is probably iconic between the red dress look between Felicity going to the salon and cutting her hair. Like there's a lot that there's stuff that happens in this episode that I think people would come back to this episode. Um, They'd pick it out of a lineup and be like, Oh, I want to watch that one again. And the messages they left us with, I feel like was a gift. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that. Absolutely. Um, although we we do need to get into the particulars around the party. Yeah. I was going to say, so we're at that point where 
I, I think the next scene is where Megan is wearing that amazing pink dress. Okay. Okay. Could have so been. So if we're, if we're going to go back and. I have Felicity and Megan in my notes. So that might have been where she's wearing the pink dress. I think she's wearing the pink dress here because I just put great outfit, but I often say that about Megan. So, um, but I noted there was an easel and no bike helmet. And I was super happy about that. Great. And Felicity decides we're doing the list. We're doing it. Well, also, um, just before that, <laughs> Felicity apologized to Megan for accusing her of listening to this tape. Turns out it was Ben. I know. Megan does not let her off the mat for this. No. She's like, it was Ben. That's classic. You must feel so stupid. And then she just walks out of the room. Like, oh. oh, there's no compassion her. here. Yeah, that's that's classic. Yep. Mm. Megan, that is Megan. <laughs> but you're right. Then Felicity decides she's going to use the list. She's going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So what's she going to do, Fish? Well, I she's going to put on this red dress, and I don't know where she gets this red dress because in between deciding to do the list. And putting on the red dress, it doesn't seem like there was time to go out and buy one. And I just can't imagine her owning this. I can't imagine so, it either. Yeah. So I'm like, did you borrow it from Megan? Like, it's maybe Elena. Elena is exactly, I was just about to think, yeah, this looks like something Elena would wear. So somehow she gets this amazing red dress and she says to herself, all right, I'm going to do a couple of these things on the list. First, I got my high voltage look. I'm just lighting up the town in this dress. Mm-hmm. Second, I'm going to let him see me with someone else. So he sees, you know, what he's missing out on. Now, I could have gone to anyone and done this, but who am I going to go to? I'm going to go to the guy down the hall who wants to shower with me uh-huh. mr uh mr berkey uh-huh. we're gonna just have ourselves a great time she knocks on his door come just immediately comes out face half slathered in in shaving cream and he is so ready he's so ready uh-huh. he does not mind at all Yep, being invited out to a party. Well, that was actually the first thing on the list. Go where the action is. But she's yep. like, this doesn't count. I was going to go to the party anyway. So these are, these are you know, her initial steps. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we get to a nice little shot of what's going on with Sean, Tim, and then the whole scene. Yeah, so we've set it up where everybody's now going to be at the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, well, yeah. So everybody's going to be at this party. And so now we're going to get a bunch of stuff happening at the party itself, which feels like an act of this play unto itself. And um, it does. And I know we're going to get into the more substantive stuff, but I just want to say this is what a college party looks like. Yeah. For all the people who didn't know. I mean, and this is a nice college party. It's not like most college parties. It's like a nice one. And I'm loving the chili pepper lights. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it. I love it. They hung them all over the place. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And um, cover charges, that happens. It does. 
uh, 10 bucks is kind of steep. A little bit. Uh, Julia's initial suggestion had been five, but I guess somewhere along the way, they upped it to 10. Tim thought he was getting that fee waived. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't realize at the time that Sean had decided to up it. So I thought he was just charging Tim double. Okay. (laughs) Everyone else. Could have been either one. But Tim thought thought he was going to get in for free. And now he's got to cop up 10 bucks. And he's like, but I know Julie. She's And Sean's like, and that's exactly why you're getting charged. Uh, But he doesn't say any of that. He's just, he's eyeballing Tim and he's not happy about it. Um, But then, you know, Tim's at the party. Sean, you know, Julie. Uh, One of the things that I always, that I always check is, so they had some, decent party music um and i thought okay this song feels like it has so many different beats happening within it that everybody in the room surely will be dancing to this song like it will appear (laughs) that every like there's no way not to be dancing to this song with all the stuff this song has going on i was really confident and then (laughs) I spot checked and I started looking around the room when they actually showed us individual people dancing. And I was like, how is nobody dancing to this song? It's <laughs> well, so funny. it may also not have been the original song. Well, and, it also, uh, a lot of times when there's like a, when there's music happening, like a dancing scene or a party scene, they are actually in a silent room because the microphones need to pick up the voices and the things people are saying and not the music. And they put right. the music in after. So even if it's the original song, like chances are from what I can tell that the people in that room were dancing to nothing and all deciding to dance on different beats, none of which seemed to match up to (laughs) the actual music selected, which I just funnily thought for sure everybody would have to be dancing to it because there was like many different ways that you could dance on beat. (laughs) Well, but how do you, I mean, that would have just been chance if they hadn't heard the music. There, I, I think it happens a lot where it's like, okay, we're at a party, everybody action, go five, six, seven, eight dance. And then everybody's like bopping around to nothing. They're in a silent room. And then, you know, the camera is going to whoever's meant to be talking so that they can pick up that stuff on the mic. So these people probably experienced this scene as if there were no music and they were only hearing um, like, Noel trying to pick up Bridget and stuff like that. Right. But so uh, I mean, we can't, we can't really blame them. You can't blame them, but how have we never solved this problem? You know, it's like in all the history. Just put an earbud in now. Yeah. Uh, So upsetting. Yeah. Or get Um, somebody in the room on a different mic. That's like, dunes, dunes, dunes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, cut that person out. And and then just pick up the mic that Noel's on or something, you know? Like, I don't know. Again, <laughs> I, I get upset about small things like people not eating food and people dancing to music that isn't there and then having the music not match. Um, that's, well, that's my world. if we've had three different versions of a song, too, it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, which we will come back to. I can't imagine shortly. they had. I mean, this was just like general party music initially it was like your basic sort of like techno-y sort of it's a beat without anything else going on which i feel like would not have been 
what you played at a 90s party, but whatever. Uh, um, so all I'm going to say about this next part, so all I wrote, you're going to have to fill this in because I don't remember exactly what happened already. Huh. Um, we've got uh, Noel and Elena back together. Uh-huh. And Elena, all I wrote is, the bossy intensity is back. And for Noel, just bad at this. Okay. Those are your notes? <laughs> Those are my notes. Okay. Um, I mean, that that lines up. So uh, Elena and Noel, and this, this is one of the things about this. It's like, Noel, <laughs> poor Noel. Like, of all the places, is there nothing going? Is there no other forum where Noel can test out these skills than to go to Ben's apartment <laughs> where he, as far as he knows, will see Ben and Felicity together? Like, that's the party? There's not another party going on <laughs> anywhere on, on campus? Or well, he wasn't going to go. Yeah. But Elena told him he was, so Ooh. now he is. Yeah. I mean, gosh. Just talk about setting this guy up for failure. Um, but yeah, so they're at the party. They're kind of, you know, sort of cowering against the wall. Elena's like, you go, you get, you get a girl's name. You get that girl's name. <laughs> pick a girl out across the room. And Noel goes up to her. And the thing he thinks to say is, hey, you know where the keg is? And they're literally standing in line right next to the keg. She's like the next person. <laughs> it was a matter of feet away from him. And she's like, um, it's over here. And she points immediately next to her. (laughs) (laughs) So this is already not going well. And Noel's like, oh, okay. I'm Noel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, She's like, I'm Bridget. He's like, oh, Bridget. He's like, nope. Bridget with a D. No T. He's like, wow, okay. Nice to meet you, Bridget. And he just walks away, away. not having gotten anything out of the keg. Or the girl. Or the girl. And he walks. He he got her name. He walks away and Elena just watches the whole thing transpire in dismay. She feels (laughs) sorry for the guy. You can see the pity look on her face. Uh, So uh, the next piece, I have a huge issue here. The music, the music. Yeah, they changed it to some oh, sort of like a. Oh, they changed it. Um, sh- they absolutely changed it. it. Oh, I don't know. It was the music we were listening to was like, I don't know, like carnival music. I mean, it was so weird. Um, no, I'm. I want to say it was almost like um an ice cream truck i mean it was i was, was thinking stupid. more like uh like it wasn't samba but it was something that was like felt like a um like it had like a latin american vibe to it um, yeah but it that was the original music this music it was it was just no i'm talking about this music that right. we heard i did i just heard it was just so not sexy. It was so unfortunate because Felicity has come in in this banging red dress. And 
So I think I'm just looking at, um, it looks like in the original music, it was yeah. Corazon Espinado by Santana. By Santana. Yeah, I looked that up and I, and I remember that song. And that song had this just killer guitar riff that it starts with. Okay. And it is so sexy and it is so hot. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it would, would be the perfect song, okay. right, to put behind this red dress. Okay. But we got some weird, I don't know, carousel music? No, it, I don't still know felt, say. it still felt to me that it had a Latin American vibe. And I'm trying to figure out what, but it um, was not like what ballroom sexy. dance you hear that to. But it had a little bit more of like a, yeah, I mean, I think that Santana is going to be a different yeah no this was some sort of like i felt like it was childish like the music was childish okay and and it's so unfortunate because this scene would be so hot and she's walking in with the dress she's checking her heel out we see ben sitting on the stair you know kind of a throwback to season one Mm. and they pull in tight on his face and are you thinking just... about the Halloween party? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where he was on the stair. Well, and that's really, that's an interesting thing to, to think back to also, because in that episode, he He's was basically, Power Ranger. yeah, like that before that party in that episode, he had been coming over at night, like showing up at her dorm room in the middle of the night to have conversations. Like he was definitely leaning on her. And then he invites her to the party and he's like, I might be Frankenstein. She's like, I'll be the bride of Frankenstein. Um, and then um, she shows up that way. And he, when she first sees him on the stairs, he's not Frankenstein. Yeah. And, and he's he talking her. with all the guys and he ignores her. So you're yeah. right. This is a really interesting reversal of like, he's on the stairs again, but this time he sees nothing but her in the room and he's all alone. And and it pulls in on his face. It's almost like he's mesmerized. And when he comes down, what's in her mind is, I have to be icily indifferent, which is what he was doing when they were at the party, the Halloween party. So so they've kind of reversed roles here. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote games and all, you know, caps there, because I was like, you're playing now you're just playing games it's yeah. like but that's what he needed to pull him back in yeah and she continues to play games and be really i would say dishonest with her feelings mm-hmm. and but it does pull him back in it's exactly what he needed so if her goal was just to get him this is the way to do it. Which is but if her be, goal yeah. is to be herself and be loved for that, which is hopefully where she ends here, this is not the way to do it. And again, even though we don't necessarily want to see the level of Felicity stooping to using the list, even though she's gorgeous in her red dress, like I I do think it's important that they're setting up here for us. She can have one or the other. She can be somebody else and have this relationship with Ben, or she can be herself and not have this relationship with Ben. Like it's like pick, 
But I like that they're making those stakes so very clear because it's like, you're going to have to choose whether you want to be yourself or not. And they don't let her off of the hook of that. And I think they're, again, I think it's like, what message are they sending to um, a viewing audience? Uh, Whatever, whatever decision you're making, like Felicity is now going to walk us through how she's feeling. Like she gets to that party. She's looking great. And she wants to leave. And she's sitting there with Berkey, who's talking about feel America, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) And telling her he's going to be the president of the United States. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what she has to do. (laughs) You know, like she's not feeling good about herself in this situation. She's staying isolated and different. And yeah, now Ben wants to talk, Um, but she doesn't feel good about it. No, she does not. Well, at that moment, she doesn't feel good about it. But, you know, they're going to talk and they get in this really cool, um, what are they called? Freight elevators. Mm -hmm. One of the pull down sort of tops. And this is where we get to see that look on Noel's face where his heart (sighs) was broken into how many, how many pieces was it? Um, Did I say a gazillion, billion, trillion? Could be something like it that. It was a lot. It, you know, here's Noel. Uh, he's gone to Ben's apartment for a party. He has absolutely no idea what's happening with Ben and Felicity. So as far as he knows, they're happy and they're nice and they're good and they're swell. And he at Ben's apartment <laughs> tries to like, tries to introduce himself to Bridget at the keg. And it just, he just crashes and burns. And then he looks and there's Felicity in a red dress and she and Ben are alone going up in the freight elevator up to the roof. And uh, this poor guy. Yeah. I wrote that he looks wrecked and, and I think he does. He just looks absolutely wrecked, but he is getting her number. Bridget is giving him her number. <laughs> and he's and totally she, zoned out. Yeah. He's and gone. so she shoves it into his stomach. Yeah, like, she has to like knock him and be like, "Hey, take the freaking finally number." Got my number, like. But the really funny part, and I will spoil this for you: that's not her number. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that tracks. So, like, <laughs> this is just such. I mean, no one to this party to just increase his misery. He doesn't know what's happening with Felicity and Ben, but that look on Scott Foley's face, it was like this million mile stare that had everything he was thinking right there. And I couldn't help but feel for this guy because as much as he was just so, you know, he was being exactly the amount of dick he needed to be in the last episode, (laughs) but in this episode in these quiet moments he's hurting so bad yeah and he doesn't know what to do about it well apparently he's gonna try to dial a fake number (laughs) that's what's gonna happen yeah um another thing that happened right before the next thing um is uh julie now needs sean to distract tim (laughs) (laughs) she's like Sean kind of sucks (laughs) like it's not working out with Tim he's quoting Neil Diamond a lot I can't I can't with this guy please make him go away 
And Sean's um, like, goody. <laughs> yeah, Sean's going to do it. He's going to he's gonna ask Julie to watch the front and he's going to just go take Tim away and make him talk about guy things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, so that's happening. And you might think to yourself, if you're Sean in this moment, I've got hope. It is not to be. Uh, but then we cut back up to the roof yes and i will say i still don't think it's this the original music but at least the music here was decent Uh like i was i was good with this this music for this scene um this song was originally meant to be crash into me by dave matthews band which is not what we heard but it makes no, a lot of sense to me good. why they didn't get the rights to all these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they went big in the original episode they did. for music. They probably, I think they also used a lot of music on both Dawson's Creek and on um, Felicity. So they, when they bought something, they just like used it everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we did not get to hear this scene with yeah. Crash Into Me. Which would have been better, but again, the music wasn't, it, it didn't ruin the scene like it did with the red dress or even though it was the original, the first kiss with Ben. So I don't know if I like the choice of Crash Into Me, to be honest with you, either. I don't know that we need the lyrics, but the vibe of the song, I think, would have been okay. Yeah. It's got a nice... Like if you remove him singing. If you just have the guitar the whole time. Yeah, it's a nice song. Like a little strumming. Well, okay. And, but, and, the, and the music was um, soft anyway. Yeah. And it's sort of a, you know, here's the thing. I, I get how tempting this is because one of my big things is the way that a guy looks at me mm-hmm. and the way that he looks at her. I mean, he's got that. He's got that down. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard not to melt. It really is. Yeah. I mean, they have a great kiss. He's apologizing. He he apologizes about the tape. Yeah. Which glad he came around on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. She lets him off like way too easily, but at the same time, she's currently trying to get him to want her. Mm-hmm. And he's like the mighty mouse. The what was it? Mighty not mighty mouse. Mighty March. Uh, that would be different if it was a Mighty Mouse picture. <laughs> the, the picture of them at the Mighty Mart is great. Also the picture of them with Mighty Mouse. <laughs> so he's he's opening up with as many concessions as he can think to make. But I do like in this scene. So he pulls her in and they're kissing and they spend most of the rest of the scene making out. But I do like that we're also getting this voiceover from her yep. where she's like, uh, I mean, is it maybe it doesn't have to be a big deal like like she's like oh, thinking no, no, no. In her head. Her, what's in her head is is one of the tips from the list mm-hmm. which is don't let him see you care yeah and yeah what she says out loud is 
you know, maybe it doesn't have to be so intense. We can take it day by day with no expectations. And I just wrote no in all caps with a big exclamation point after it. Yeah, she's saying all the things. Yeah, she here's where she's lying. She is just straight up lying. Yeah. And you can tell that even though she's saying this in a voiceover, it's not like you said, she, it's the list. This is not Felicity's yeah. thoughts. This is what Felicity thinks she has to think. And yeah. And so, you know, and then, you know, they keep making out and you kind of get a sense coming out of this that they could go on this way for as long as Felicity can manage it. You know? Yeah. But she's going to get so hurt. She's going to be, she is going to be in pain. It'll maybe go for, I don't know, generously, I will give them another two weeks. And then yeah. she's going to start getting hurt. And yeah. then it's just how much pain can she put up? But with? the ticking clock, I think, in this situation is how long can she do this? That's the ticking clock. It's not like this is just it's sustainable as long as she can sustain it. And that's exactly the question. How long does she want to? Because she's already not feeling pumped about having to take this approach, even at the party. She wanted to leave the party. She wanted to have to hear yeah. about Berkey feeling America she wanted to leave the party before (laughs) before he starts sticking his tongue down her throat she wants to leave the party it seems like on the roof maybe she doesn't want to leave so much but if if that's what we were meant to be getting out of the the scene on the roof she could have said anything in that voiceover right it's like she says you have to remain isolated and different or not isolated and different you have to make them see that you don't care or something like that okay but she could have been like yeah I don't let him see you care. Like this is, she could have been even inserting her own thoughts around that. Like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. I've been dreaming of this, but you know, like she doesn't give us any of that. She sounds very resigned to use of the list. And yeah, but I think what we're seeing here is her compromising herself Mm -hmm. in order to be with him Yeah, because she wants to so much. Yeah, but I don't think even in this scene on the roof that she's happy about it. Like, I think that she obviously wanted to leave the party before this, and maybe she's not ready to leave the party now that, that she's making out with Ben. But I I don't think she's happy about the compromise that she's making even in this moment to have this kiss. So I don't know. I don't, I don't come away from this I don't thinking think she's, she's stoked. Yeah. I don't think she's over the moon with it, but I also think she thinks it's worth it at this point in time, mm-hmm. which she will reassess. Yeah, she'll reassess. But yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to, to, to put it. And then we get from this to Sean and Julie again. <laughs> they made money. They made 1400 bucks, split two ways. That's $700 each. And Julie's, you know, very excited to see all this moolah. And Sean's like, let's celebrate. Let's have dinner. And Julie's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But not right now because I have a date. Or not tonight because I have a date. And Sean's like, what the hell? (laughs) You kind of figure that the moment Sean took Tim and was distracting him, somebody else showed up at the party (laughs) that that Julie had to take his payment and like Sean removing himself from the front is what allowed Julie to meet this new person. You know, it's just, that's what I, that's what I imagine happened here. Uh, 
But at the very least, it's not a guy from your human sexuality class. So that's not a double slap in the face. Uh, well, we don't know. Maybe it's a different guy from that class. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We what just, a, what a poor Sean. Poor Sean, poor Noel. Poor a lot of people. So now we, that was kind of just a quick scene with Sean and Julie. But now we're going to get back to hearing Felicity. She's talking to Sally again on her tape. She's saying, look, Sally, here's what I'm finding. Like, by not being me, I'm getting what I want. And, and I wrote, this is not going to end well. Yeah. and But she doesn't sound happy about that. You know, she she's saying, this is, again, this is the news and the news isn't good. You know, it's like, ah. So here's what I've learned. And I don't love it. And so... We're getting, you know, we're getting all of this as she's then like, but is she really getting what she wants? Because she then, she, we see her packing up the lunch for, or the picnic for Bryant Park to want to finally go see that movie with Ben and he stands her up. So she's, you know, relaying this to Sally and we're seeing the, we're seeing her sitting alone at Bryant Park, noticing everybody else paired up and coupled up and in groups and she's eating a sandwich by herself on her little blanket and what is she is she eating a sandwich melissa seeing it whoa did i notice it and you not she wasn't eating her sandwich dang it no she like put it to her mouth and then she did some like very like sideways but like she was overdoing the chewing of what seemed like the tiniest possible potential touch on her lips of a sandwich. I'm telling you, this is her move. (laughs) And how many times did they even need to do that scene? Because there's no dialogue. She's just sitting there. Yeah. Supposed to be eating a sandwich, looking at people. That's it. Uh, Don't know how many times you need to get a take of that, you know, but anyway, (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Ah, you know, just one type of food after another with this one. But anyway, I really thought you'd have a bigger reaction to that. Wow. Golly. Yeah. Somehow I didn't notice that one because I was just so sad for her. She just. It was a sad non-eating of a sandwich. I mean, it was almost as sad as Ben actually eating the marzipan boxer. It wasn't as (laughs) funny, but it, it was definitely a little sad. Yeah. But she's, you know, so this, this. This new idea of, you know, it's everything's not going to be a huge deal. So she's just gotten, you know, she was stood up by Ben. And next day she sees him. There's not Dean and DeLuca already. She's about to start her shift. And she's like, hey, yeah, um, I went to Bryant Park last night. He's like, oh, man, I forgot. And... She's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She's like, well, we'll go, we'll go next week. She's like, nope, they're not doing it anymore. That, that was the last one for the summer, forever, for the rest of our lives, for the rest of our relationship. She, <laughs> she does not say it like that. She doesn't. That's just how Melissa heard it. But she, this is the straw that like, broke the camel's back. <laughs> well, I mean, she is really pushing her feelings down. Yeah. She's just like, that's okay. It's not a big deal well, you know, we, we could go, but you know, that was the last one for the summer. Like she, she is tamping those feelings way down. 
she is i was just noting that that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back um <laughs> i will say and um you know fish i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil this all the way for you but like ben didn't forget oh so i'm just gonna he also is lying wow. um so i'm not going to explain more than that but okay. just him, give me little little bits here and there and him just... being like i didn't care i didn't remember like that's not that's accurate true. he was still i mean so i feel like that wasn't the moment that broke the camel's back for her i do feel like she was feeling like the compromise was getting to her mm-hmm. and that she was changing too much mm-hmm. but i really felt like it was the next scene with this, you know, crying freshman doe-eyed girl, you know, telling Felicity how, how she sees her, right? Gretchen's like, you would never compromise yourself. Like you would never, you know, do this for a guy. And for me, I felt like that was the moment where she was just like, nope, I need to get some answers. And and I kind of know where this is going. I felt like she knew where it was going, but she wanted some answers. Um, Yeah, well, so, and Gretchen comes to her crime because Ian dumped her. Ian just flat out dumped her. Even after her high voltage look, after, you know, after she tried everything on the list, uh, you know, Ian still dumped her. And yeah, I think, you know, um, Gretchen is like holding a mirror up to Felicity mm-hmm. through sharing her own problems. And the way that Felicity was talking to Gretchen at the start of this episode, like, yeah, I would never compromise myself. And now we've gotten to this point and Felicity's like, oh, I did compromise myself and yeah. I am still compromising myself. And then Gretchen's like, yeah, you'd never do this kind of thing. You're a stronger woman than that. You're great. You're awesome. And Felicity's yeah. like, dang it. Um, I am not, (laughs) I am not the role model I thought I was, but, and I also just, I want to put like a strong line down here between the way we're using the word compromise Mm -hmm. and like the other meaning of compromise, right? Because you always want to compromise in relationships, Mm -hmm. but compromising yourself, changing yourself, it, it being inauthentic is well I'm, I'm not even gonna say it's not okay because some people do it and then they're together and then they start to grow together and and they become both parties become more similar so sometimes it works out look life isn't black black or white it's just not mm-hmm. but i i agree with you i like that the message they're sending is people should love you for who you are and you know, if they don't, they don't. And it's better to to be yourself and to know your own self-worth than to change yourself for someone else. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I do think even the distinction that you're making between compromising who you are and making compromises in relationships. Yeah, I do think every relationship requires some amount of compromising. 
but I also think that there's limits there. Like I think you, and, and you set where that limit is. Everybody has to set where that limit is for themselves, but there may be things that are too much to ask for what you're willing to do. And I think there is probably where that line gets blurred is where it starts to change who you are. Um, but I do think it's, it's not like uh, one or the other. I think there's sort of a spectrum to compromise and, uh, and in either situation, I think, you know, however you define it, Felicity's felt like she's crossed those lines for herself here. Yeah. I just think with any relationship, whether it's romantic or not, like I would never want to, you know, give advice or give, you know, tell anyone that you never have to compromise mm-hmm. because if you become so uncompromising, and so rigid in like, I'm just going to be who I am, screw everybody else, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I think that's like too far the other way. Yeah. You do have to care about other people, even if you are Megan. And she's trying. Wicca camp has helped. So, uh, yes, it's moved the needle a little. Um, So, so with all of this coming to a head for Felicity, she goes, waits for Ben to come out of, was that class or work or where, where was he? Um, it looked like a bank. I yeah, it looked like I'm a really official ba- building. Yeah. I don't even know how she knew he was there, but she, she blindsides him. She's like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm waiting for you. This is what I'm doing. Um, he's like, you want to take a walk? She's like, no. Uh, yeah. It, and it's, and it's like. Also, you know, if you put this scene at the start of season one, you'd be like, oh, this is creepy. That's not what it feels like here. She is determined. She is, yeah. she is, but when I say determined, one of the notes that I get from her in this scene is it feels like she's almost moving like underwater. There's like a slow sadness to her, but also a determined delivery. And for me, all of that coexists in her delivery of this scene and it's like these are the facts this is what it is I'm not happy about it and this is still what has to happen um like I find her unwavering but there's a like an underlying hint of sadness with all of it not underlying there's this sadness under all of it yeah I do feel like like she has rehearsed this and she knows where this is going because it's too good to be off the cuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's and thought it's about just what she un- was going to say. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that she's right. Yeah. And he doesn't fight her on any of it. So I didn't write down the whole speech, but I got a lot of the pieces of it that felt relevant to me. She says things like, I can't be with you like this. I can't compromise myself like that. Um, you know, she talks about, you know, she needs to feel things. She needs to get upset and talk about things. That's who I am. I can't change it. I don't want to. And this is going back to what he had originally said about her, about, you know, you're the kind of person who needs to talk about every little thing, right? So she's directly addressing the things that he said. She's, she's saying, you're, you're right. Like I do need to be able to get upset and to talk about it and have my emotions. And that's who I am. Yeah. 
And then she says, so this is like kind of all focused on her, but then she says, you knew that and you still pursued me because you want something from me. You just aren't strong enough to have it, which in a way makes you a coward. And that is when I felt fully validated because how many times did I call Ben a coward Mm -hmm. last season? Yeah. This I think is one of his defining characteristics at this point in time. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like emotional conflict. He runs away from it and he forces the women in his life to break up with him Mm -hmm. or try to change themselves Mm -hmm. to be airy and breezy and not full humans who like need things from him. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to like come down on our side because we're women and mm-hmm. say like oh this is so horrible and you know it's not a great characteristic to have but if you're gonna have it I guess like your early 20s is when you have it like you know he isn't ready for her but think about it too I mean so look at his the role models he had for this growing up you know yeah. his dad treated his mom and and Ben horribly and Ben's mom accepted it lived with it adjusted herself to be in that environment and Ben wanted her to get out yeah and uh he was seeing that she wasn't making the changes that were better for her and so that's that's what he saw growing up and now this is being sort of tested in college um he's having to he has having to live this out and see what this looks like and i don't i don't want to i know it's not a spoiler free podcast but i i don't want to spoil everything for you but i will say that like ben's of all the characters ben might have maybe and you can make an argument that ben evolves the most in this series um, I will see if that statement still holds up for me by the time we get to season four. But I mean, I once described it that like Ben is eventually going to become 80 year old man, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I feel like he really does go on a journey here. And I think that the fact that this isn't such an open and shut case for him at this moment when Felicity walks away, like he is still looking at pictures of her, you know, he, yeah. I, and I just said this to you, we don't know this as an audience, but when he stood her up at Bryant Park, he wasn't just forgetting about her in that moment. He's scared. He's very scared. And she's calling him out and she's saying the truth. But when she says something like, you, um, you knew that you still pursued me because you want something with me. You just aren't strong enough to have it. You want something, something with me. That's true. Yeah. He does. You aren't strong enough to have it. Well, that's ever, everybody's saying this to him now. <laughs> like everybody's saying it and he's believing well, it. But it's the way she's saying it feels very validating for me because mm-hmm. I have had this conversation with an, you know, someone I was ending. I mean, basically I had to break up with him, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was the other way around, right? Like, kind of the same situation as, as Julie was in and frankly, Felicity's kind of in, but when I think of like, we were much older, Mm -hmm. first of all, and 
he he had a lot of time like we were living together and so like he had a lot of time to figure it out um but if we're talking about like a 19 year old 20 year old what she's saying to him is is actually really harsh saying like you're not strong enough to have it and you're a coward Mm -hmm. is very different than what sean is saying which is like yeah you're kind of an idiot you're just not mature enough and ready enough to date the girl you're gonna marry Mm -hmm. and you should get all that out of your system first Mm because this is not the time and you don't want to ruin this relationship for later Mm -hmm. so like this is a huge, probably a huge blow to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fully understand his response, right? She's saying, you know, one day you're basically, you're going to regret it. You know, you're going to want me, you're going to figure out how great I am and I'm not going to be around. It's going to be too late. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, he just says, I don't know what to say because on the one hand, she might be right about that last part, but also probably is a huge blow to him. Yeah. You know, he does want to be with her and she's there calling his, basically his manhood into question and his, his bravery and his, you know, everything. Yeah. This absolutely lands differently than the breakup with Julie did. I mean, Julie was, you know, in that it's like, oh yeah, it's tricky when you don't say those words, you know, like, you know, like she was saying stuff that also could have landed uh, like in a way that that's the that stings. Um, she was in, in some ways saying similar things, but Felicity goes deeper with it and it lands deeper with Ben. Um, he, he yeah. doesn't know what to say in response to this. He's not going to try to fight her on this. It's, it's like, this is where we are. Um, and he also didn't try to fight Julie. I mean, it is a bit of a pattern with him that I hope he gets out of because it's not a great thing to, to be the kind of person who, I mean, I give him more credit this time because he was honest and it was Felicity who was lying to him. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around and like chops his head off with Julie like he was the one who was i mean he did say like is it too heavy she had a lot of emotions about them actually breaking up but she was also dealing with him being a total dick to her mm-hmm. which ben is not doing here yeah so i do feel the dynamic is different yeah and i mean and this is me taking like my whole understanding of the show into it but like this is going to be a shock to his system mm-hmm. where the breakup with Julie was not like, it was like time to break up. <laughs> you know, it was like the writing has been on this wall for so many episodes. Now they're not in a good place. They haven't been for a while. They don't either. Neither of them seemed especially happy in the relationship for a long time. And the, the breakup was like a, sigh of relief it was like letting go of for ben anyway it was like getting part of that weight off of his shoulders and he immediately then pursues felicity um or almost immediately and so it was like that was really not a shock to the system that was more of a relief for him 
This is a shock to the system. But he still made Julie break up with herself, which kind of sucks. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But the impact to Ben qualitatively is going to be very different between these two breakups, regardless of who initiated it. Um, Ben was not, although he was making all the moves of a person who was ready to be broken up with, (laughs) he was not really... 100% behind the idea that breaking up was the right thing to do. Um, And and that, but I think it was, I think it was the right thing to do. I think if they had kept dating, this just, you know, would have, it just would have gone badly for longer. Yeah, sure. We can think that as audience members with all the information that we have, especially seeing his behavior with the other people throughout the series, like throughout season one, um, but he is not convinced that this breakup was good, like a good thing, or that him pulling away from Felicity was a good thing. He hasn't Let's... been at any point in this episode or the last one because he is in every conversation with Sean. He he pursued the conversation with Sean, so he's wondering. He wants the advice, but he's also like, I don't know, I don't know, man. Is this right? You know, like. He, he was pretty convinced in, in yeah he was pretty convinced in the conversation where he told felicity like i'm not the guy mm-hmm. that conversation he he laid out the things about her that yeah. he was not ready to deal with and then and right on the back of that, that he's looking at pictures of her and he's he's wondering if he made a mistake and he's like you know and you could say part of that is like mourning the loss of a relationship, even if you think it was the right thing to lose. But he was, he was, even if he was 90% sure this was the right thing to do, he wasn't a hundred. I, I think at any point, I think he, the, I think that the speech he gives Felicity just before he tells her, I listened to your tape was Sean talking through him. Mm. And he believes what Sean's saying. And he doesn't want to hurt Felicity. And Sean's saying, you stick with this, you're going to hurt Felicity. And he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to be that guy. And I guess in a way, I wonder if Sean's saying, you're going to hurt Felicity. I wonder if that made him think about his dad. Is that too much of a stretch? I don't think so. I mean, he's not that far removed from them his parents yeah i'm just Um, working that out as i'm thinking so like if sean's saying to him yeah you may want this relationship but that's selfish dude because you are going to hurt her um i wonder if that would land in a way that's like oh wow my dad's been hurting my mom like like um i never thought about it that way but that might have been the most effective way for sean to get through to him I mean, I don't know that Sean's that perceptive that he he yeah. would have picked up on that, but I definitely think Sean has been there to watch everything that's happened so far, mm-hmm. and he and Ben are pretty close at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know, he sees what's going on. I I don't think that it was Sean speaking through Ben. Because Ben does specifically say, like, here are the things that I can't deal with. Like, mm-hmm. basically, I'm not in love with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, 
and he's not. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's he can change. You know, he can become more mature. He can become more ready. They can try again, whatever. But at this point in time, I think, you know, he kind of took his lumps. And, but I don't think it was wrong that it ended. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, you know, Felicity is trying to decide. Maybe I'll slip in my note from an optimist here before we wrap up the episode um because i i like i do i have said this so this is just putting a fire point on it standing up for yourself that is my note from an optimist here we're seeing an example of like you said like if you are at a point when to be in any sort of relationship, any relationship at all under any dynamic where you have to be a completely different person or compromise your value system or compromise how you want to exist on the planet um, in order to satisfy another person to maintain the status quo. There's going to be a pretty heavy price to pay with that. Even in the scenario, even if you want to have no conflict and maintain that status quo, there is going to be a major price to pay for yourself. And I, I'm a believer that finding a way to stand up for that part of yourself that's being so deeply compromised is, is important because um, you'll never get that part back unless you do it. So to see this happen through Felicity here means a lot to me. And I hope that it meant a lot to people who watched it at the time because she's, she's, they've really laid out the stakes in this episode. It's like, she cannot be herself to be in this relationship at this time. And she's choosing to be herself and hoping that if there's a relationship on the other side of this with anybody, it's going to be them liking her for who she is. You know, the things that she describes to Gretchen is what she's going after for herself now. And I'm, I'm just glad we saw that here. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree that it is great that, that she makes the final decision to be herself and, and has a conversation with Ben where she says that, you know, this is the first, I mean, this first part of the conversation she has with him, where she says, you know, I need to be this, I need to be emotional, I need to get upset, I need to talk, all of that. And I don't want to change. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I want to give that an award for just bravery. Yeah. I think in the next part, however, she isn't taking enough responsibility for what she did and the decision she made before this with the red dress and pulling him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she comes down on him really, really hard, which I totally did when he did his stuff with Julie. I think in part because I could tell he wasn't emotionally invested and he wasn't the one getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But here it, it lands differently. You're right, because I feel like this does hurt him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, does. And, you know, I I would say this is the part of what she's saying that is the the first part of what she's saying is about herself. The second part of what she's saying is about him. And, uh, and I think with that part, there's probably a little more anger in there at this point, you know, because he didn't make her change. She chose to do it, but you know, he was creating a dynamic where she had to make that choice and she's not happy about it. And so I think it's just life. Yeah. And so I think there's probably, this is still so fresh. I'm, you know, I'm sure that some of this calling him in a way makes you a coward. A a word like that feels like it's got a little bit of that. I need this to land because he Mm -hmm. needs to hurt too. Um, And, and so I, I think, I certainly think there's that element here and, um, she also doesn't linger a long time in the name calling of it all. I think she's saying like, these are, these are the things that I'm seeing and I, I have to step away. Um, and, you know, the point taken, you know, if she did practice that speech, she delivered it. Right. You know, like yeah. she, she yeah, got it all out did. there. Um and I don't feel like later in the season, she's going to be like, oh, I wish I would have said these things. I think this is the stuff she wanted to say. Um, and then yeah. I mean, it's very well written. It yeah. certainly lands on multiple levels. Yeah. Like you can feel the knife going in. But then we move from that to her again with the voiceover. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of her voiceover. In talking, this one. To, talking to, dang it, Sally, just answer this one um she's saying how it's time to let go it's time to move on we're watching her as she's talking put the necklace away the ben necklace um so she's saying all this you know are there things about me i can give up you know stuff like that um she she dots the i's and crosses the t's here she apologized to berkey for using him berkey is like use me anytime totally fine yep And I'm just saying, again, in this scene, beautiful, like, stand, those candles that came together, that shaped mirror. I mean, she's got style now. I don't know when that changed. And then she goes to Astro Place hairstylist. Now, you're going to have to explain this to me, because this is the biggest mystery in the world to me. All right. So she... She's going to cut her hair. We all know. We all know it was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm doing it for myself okay. because I don't want to change. And I want to let go and fall. And I'm like, none of these things are reasons for you to cut your hair. Letting go and falling, what? Like, where did that even come from? What are you letting go of and falling into? Mm-hmm. And you just made this whole statement about how you don't want to change. Like, mm-hmm. and you're cool being you. And now you're going to go and have this like huge change. Like, I didn't remember this scene the oh. way that it is. I thought there was some, like, I thought her and Ben had dated for like a while. And there was this huge traumatic breakup and she just needed to change something and sort of out of desperation, it was her hair. That is not at all what happened here. Well, 
I mean, on, on the, what happens to every other human scale? <laughs> I think it's not at all unheard of to have like a post breakup haircut. Um, and sure. what is it that people are seeking in that moment? I mean, I think that you're, you're looking for a fresh start and I don't again, necessarily see this choice as her saying, because she did just come off of saying to Ben, I don't want to change me. Changing yeah. her hair doesn't change her. Changing her hair is changing her hair. But, but why is she looking to change? She's like, I'm doing it for me, but they never explain why. The only thing they give you is she starts walking down the street and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to let go and fall, which makes yeah. no sense. So and I, then she's like, I'm going to do it for me. And then she's a haircut. I'm like, yeah. why? Why? Well, I think, um, I mean, so I'm not, I'm not going to try to sit here and say that wasn't badly written. So maybe it was just badly written. Right. So, but here's what I take away from that scene, regardless of what was written. She is not changing her hair to attract a guy. Yeah. Um, what she's doing though, I, I see it that she's sort of marking this moment in her life. She is maybe trying to live into the confidence that you would think she had before she just had this conversation with Ben. But I think that her, when you think about what just happened, he was a God for her in the pilot episode, basically. She barely knew him, but she had this whole impression of him and she moves, she, she finds out where he's going to college. She moves there too. And Ben was mythic. Ben was more than a guy. And then at some point along the way, Ben became a guy. That was in season one still, you know, but she just dumped his butt. <laughs> like she was like, for me to be with you, I have to be somebody else and I'm not going to do it. I'm better than this. And I think that this is sort of like marking the moment. And it, like she could have gotten a tattoo. She could have done probably anything to mark the moment. Um, I don't see her as being a tattoo person. Um, I think, uh, you know, haircut was an option, probably a lot of options, but I think whatever she could have done that would have like made her feel and like be a reminder to her of this new phase that she's she's still her but she's stepping into a brand new phase where she weird a weird thing to do from my perspective of because i don't know maybe it's just like if i'm gonna do a drastic for people to get a haircut when they're after they and change their look after they've broken up with somebody yeah pretty common but usually that's kind of a I don't want to feel like the same person mm-hmm. and, and what you said before, like the new start, but it seemed like she was just standing up for herself. She, she didn't need a new haircut. She felt she did. I, I yeah, I, I think it's kind of a, why. like, I don't necessarily think that the, the writing, like the words that they gave her, make a lot of sense i think it's a little too metaphor uh, metaphorical to like to match my impression of what happens so maybe my impression of it is wrong but when i think about this it's not that she's changing who she is she's not trying to change who she is she was trying to stay who she is in the fact that she just broke up 
she's also entered a brand new phase of her life as far as I'm concerned, where um, like Ben and Noel are not a factor in the most way they possibly could be, right? <laughs> like for this moment, even though they're all still on the show, um, you know, like this is the first time that she's been sort of free from the constraints of what those relationships in her life could mean, whatever form they were in. She's kind of sans guy right now in every possible way. So it's... I guess I feel like she just had this huge empowering moment, mm -hmm. which would not necessitate her then needing the haircut. But... I don't know. I guess people do it for all kinds of reasons. I cut my hair like once every three years. So I don't Yeah, really I don't cut my hair very often either. But I think that this is something that happens a lot where it reinforces a powerful moment or it sparks a powerful moment. Like I think people very often what? get haircuts for reasons like this. It, well, I think of it more as like if you got dumped and you don't want to think about it and you want a change and a fresh, like that part I get. Or like if you want a new position, but not usually like if you just got promoted, now I'm going to get the haircut. It's you get the haircut in order to go for the interview. I don't know. I just feel like it's a little reversed for me, but you know Well, there's what? a thing that she says earlier where she says um, that the compromise is getting to her. Can she give things, are there things that she can give up and still be herself? So when I think about that line, okay. Are there things she can give up and still be herself? Can she still give up Ben and be herself? Can she still give up her hair and be herself? Um, I think that um, she's trying to figure out at what point she's still her. And yeah, they needed to underline this a lot more then. She needed to talk about her hair and her, what it meant to her identity or something. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is like well-written. It's only just how I would interpret it. But I think... There might be an answer in that one line. Can she give, are there other things she can give up and still be herself? Maybe that's where they needed to expand upon it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just so find it confusing. This but is, you this know, is what she be... wanted to do. So she did it and it was done. Yeah. And so we, we, we see the silhouette of her as her hair is getting cut. And so we know next time we see her, it's, it's going to be the epic, <laughs> the epic haircut heard around <laughs> the universe. Um, gosh, which we can talk about then. Uh, I think we just know what's happening now, yeah. but yeah. So those are, those are all my main notes from the episode. Um, but I, I think you have some entries for the, what the glove did they say segment? I do. Do you want to explain the segment? Well, sure. I mean, I don't know if I need to explain it every time, uh, but uh, now that we're kind of back into season two, but we'll just do a quick reminder. Um, this is a chance to see, uh, you know, we know fish talks in gloves. And mm -hmm. so we thought, wouldn't it be fun to do an unnecessary censorship sort of a game here where it's like, maybe there are some lines from the episode that let you use your imagination more if you insert a glove instead of an important word. But that's, you know, Fish is always looking for those good lines. And I think you have a couple from this episode. I do. 
Now, the first one is really more of just, just think about it a little bit more. There's not actually a change in the glove, but there's an implied glove. So this is between Elena and Noel uh -huh. when she's making him feel less than, well, manly. And she says, come on, tell me. No. Is it more or less than 10? I'm not answering that. And then she giggles. It's less than 10. That's adorable. Gosh, what else could she be talking about, Melissa? Dead rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> She's never, you're never going to be a good person to play this game with. No. Um, <laughs> how about staplers? Less than 10 staplers. 10 staplers would be a lot to handle. Mm -hmm. One stapler is probably good. Yeah. What's the point? Why do you need 10 staplers? <laughs> probably don't. Probably don't need 10 staplers. You just need one stapler with 10 staples. Why? What? <laughs> <laughs> to equate to having ten staplers. Ah, all right. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> the rest of the audience uh, felt my implied glove there. Yeah. And uh -huh. uh, I'm always going to take you off the grid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's always going to be a hot dead rabbits. Or staplers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this one has the actual gloves in it, and this is my number one. And this is where Felicity and Megan are arguing over, well, who's more intense. Mm -hmm. So Felicity says, it would be like me, your box, okay? Megan, wait. You my box. I was making an analogy. Fine. But I didn't your damn. But if that's the way you're going to be, whip it out. What? Your. You think it compares to my box? Prove it. You let me your. And I'll let you my box. And then we'll know which one is more intense. Yeah. Can't unhear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Megan's always good for a glove. I mean, I think so. Mm -hmm. We're going to need more and more lines from her over time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Wow. Well, that was the what the club did they say segment again a new a new key always a surprise yeah. <laughs> perfect absolutely perfect oh boy yes well we have a little bit of feedback that i wanted to share one is very quick yeah. and is more of just like letting off steam uh this one is from instagram this is from at lulabell rocks nice i love that name she just has a rhetorical question here for us to ponder why the hell did Sean sabotage the relationship in season two, episode two? That's it. Look, 
the bell rocks. We've I, talked about this in different angles. We have talked about this. But I wanted to make sure you've been heard. <laughs> yes. And Melissa has been, you know, kind of saying the same thing. Like she has complicated feelings about Sean. I have complicated feelings about Sean. Is he is he probably accurate? Yeah. Why? (laughs) I I, I feel it. it. Like, I get it. It's kind of the way that I feel about the music, right? It's like what we want as an audience is to see the two of them together, right? And for it to be hot and amazing and electric. Mm -hmm. But they're giving us real life, which kind of blows. (laughs) Um, So I'm just saying... Like, it's the way I feel with the music when I'm like, I want this kiss or this dress or whatever to be really hot. And then they give me this kind of blah music that ruins it. Uh-huh. Sean is the blah music. Okay. okay. He's not wrong. He's still Fair music. Enough. Yeah. He's yeah. just blah. And if you are somebody who was really gung-ho Ben Felicity at this time, you probably have complex feelings around this and maybe you don't. And maybe what LaBelle Rock said is all you need. You just need people to <laughs> shout into the wind. Why the hell did Sean sabotage the relationship in season two, episode two? And that's enough. You know, we can release it. We can let go of it and see if we're still us. <laughs> we can all go cut our hair. Yeah. That's how we'll do it. Gosh. But I also wanted to read something from at Disneyland on Instagram. This person says, I spent four months straight watching Felicity 24-7 during the pandemic. I've owned all seasons on DVD as soon as they were released. uh, And my old MySpace had the speech she gave to Ben before the haircut. I had to watch it so many times to write it out. It's gotten me through many, and then I think we missed a word here. Uh, when I'm struggling, I start from the episode before the haircut and go from there. It's a very empowering time. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I think it's probably very easy to not think about Ben. And, and it is a very like girl power moment. And especially at a time when what they are highlighting all this stuff with, you know, Cosmo and all the other, you know, things that make us insecure and what we should wear. And we don't all look like Harry Russell. Like, you know, it's, um, it is a very empowering moment. Um, and I think if that's what you take away from it, that's great. You know, we we're going way beyond (laughs) like a first, you know, just first impression of of episodes and thinking about stuff but if if that's what you're taking away like more power to you yeah I mean if that's the if this is a symbol of that for you great yeah you know I I I just I'm so happy that it could be seen in this way especially Mm -hmm. for something that came out in 1999 when yeah. you know like i said when we watched back season one there were some things from from some of those characters that they were saying it was like oh that doesn't play as well now this mm-hmm. is the answer to that i think i mean i i think it is on the surface um but i think if we do take that step beyond and think about ben in this situation mm-hmm that um 
and, and taking personal accountability on Felicity's side for her own actions and, and recognize that while it is a very empowering speech, it's not 100% true true mm -hmm. um, and does hurt him. Yeah. You know, well, that's just a step beyond. But they like, go as far as, so she's not hiding it. Her, her speech to Ben is pithy and it says the things um, that she wanted to communicate and that's that. She doesn't in that speech say, you know what, I wore the red dress, I led you on, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't say those things, but I think that in how she's phrasing it, let me actually go back to my notes on that. Um, I can't be with you like this. I, um, you know, I can't compromise myself like that. There's an any more there. There's like a, she's been doing it. And I think that is an acknowledgement that she has been changing herself and she won't do it anymore. That's as far as she gets with that as Ben. But it's in the conversation with Ben. But I think it's with, that... yeah. But she has been the whole episode saying to us, the viewers, I'm doing these things. I'm trying it. I don't feel good about it. I'm is this, is this like, can I do this? Like, so she is giving us all of that. She hasn't given it all to Ben. Yeah. So at least they gave that much to us. And I think they needed to, to get whatever point they were trying to get across. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but let's, rate this episode i'm really curious where you're going to come in on this i'm not, not sure what i'm gathering from you on which way you want to go with it so what are your thoughts on the overall rating for this episode yeah i have complicated feelings i i am ambivalent um because on the one hand it is such a satisfying episode. <laughs> um, just from from what Felicity says. Um, plus we get to see the red dress, plus there's great kissing. It's also seemingly an ending before I think really any of us wanted to see this end. I mean, there's yeah. a reason that it's ending for the show. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think Sean is wrong, but they could have written this differently. They could have written it where Ben was ready or Felicity does get hurt, right? Mm -hmm. But at least we would have been able to see them together. Or play it out over four episodes instead of one and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of angles that it could have taken here. Yeah, and I do like the the talks you know that that ben and felicity have and i have to give some extra points for the chili pepper lights um i mean but then i was so confused by the hair okay so confused you're not alone yeah i mean i don't think a lot of people say they're confused by the hair but i think a lot of people hated it yeah, I mean, I think she looks, I do think she looks 
beautiful with short hair and with her hair up, which I haven't said before now because I wanted to acknowledge that they were trying to make her look bad. And the point I was trying to make in the earlier seasons is here's the shot where they're trying to make her look bad, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't because she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have any problem with it from an aesthetic perspective, just from a why. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, but I think overall, the real problem with me is my rating of this episode, I think, will depend a lot on what happens in the next few episodes. Mm. So I'm going to give it a temporary rating. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am going to temporarily give this a nine. But if all this falls apart, then it's going to get dinged back down to like a seven. Hmm. I didn't know that you were going to come in that high with it. I think um, I have a feeling you'll probably keep your rating there, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. Like, do I think it's going to fall apart from here, from the direction she just headed? No. But I don't know. I will see what you think. Okay. Um, okay. So I'll share my rating. So uh, first of all, I am rating this episode in the unit of measurement of high voltage looks. <laughs> Yay. And I am putting this one at an 8.7 out of 10. Okay, so we're close. Yeah, I like I like this episode. I again, as I as I promised in the last episode, I put away the convenience yeah. elements <laughs> that they had in getting people into where they are now. And I said, here's where they are now. And now I will continue to watch this season moving from where we are. So um, this is where we are. And this this episode fits squarely within that. Um, I certainly like this episode. I think that it's a strong episode in terms of how they're dealing with the story. They may not have had as many humorous moments to it, but I, I, I think they shared a lot of important stuff. They showed us a lot of important relationship building between different characters. They let us have a breather from some of the really, um, overpowering tensions that we felt coming back in season two. And they let us see these people have some different experiences without that tension for a minute, um, specifically with Noel and Julie. So I like that they're kind of layering that back in. I, while I probably didn't at the time love the fact that Ben and Felicity's relationship ended so early, I like the messages that they chose to send here. It makes a lot of sense to me that there was a woman writer at the helm, somebody who knew the show very well that we've seen have the head writing credit in so many episodes to this point. Um, not to say that she is the only writer on the episode, but you would assume that that person is really like doing like the fun, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of the linchpin of the operation for this episode. Um, I think that I'm very glad with some of the messages they gave us in this episode and I feel and I feel like this would be if I had a kid 
which I don't, but I feel like if you're somebody who's going to have conversations, important conversations with your kids on the back of movies or TV, I feel like this would be one that sparks some important conversations um, in a way that is not how they all were always doing it in season one, where we got a lot of PSA style episodes. It's like, let's yeah. talk about sex ed. Um, and then you get Felicity <laughs> going through the whole gamut. We're now in the story. We're in the story and it still gives you a backdrop for things to discuss. So, and I also think that this is an episode where you can, every single person watching it can layer into it their own experiences and feel completely differently about the show for this particular episode anyway. So I think there's a lot of depth to this. Um, Of course, dang it, Sally, get back to this human. (laughs) what does she need to do? She's floundering. Um, <laughs> like she's in pain, this woman. Um, answer her, damn it. Uh, so <laughs> um, it gets a little dinged for that, but yeah. Do I put this at a 10? No, but, and like that, you know, there were some, there's little moments that are, it's like, what, what was this exactly that we're doing here? But I do, I do really like this episode. So, and I think it holds up pretty well. Okay. I agree. I mean, I really should dang it a bit more for the music, but I went back and listened to the original music and I'm just pretending that that was the music. Okay. That seems fair. Yeah. All right, then. Well, look, we would love to hear your feedback too, everybody. So this um, I, again, I think this is an episode where you can have a lot of your own experiences that you bring into it. For example, have you had haircuts at important moments and why did you choose them? You know, like, have you, how did you take the breakup conversation? Um, gosh, there's so many really, you know, sh- how do you feel about the stuff happening between Noel and Elena? Like, you know, like that, that whole dynamic that they've set up. I don't know. I'd be curious. There's so many things we talked about here that I'd love to get other people's feedback on. Not that I don't let you fish, um, <laughs> but we want to hear from you too. So send us your feedback or Felicity fan art or whatever at the Melissa fish at gmail.com. Melissa with one L two S's the Melissa fish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. Tons of cool people hanging out over there talking about the show. And then if you want to be informed when we drop a new episode of the podcast, we have a newsletter you can sign up for. Just go into your show notes of wherever you're listening to this podcast and you'll find a link to sign up for the newsletter so that you'll always know when we drop one. Um, I'm just going to ask. I mean, it's been over a season and... Maybe everybody else knows this, but um, what are show notes and where can you find them? Yeah. So show notes is basically um, when wherever you're listening to your podcast and there's a description of what we're talking about at the bottom, we have some links. We have a link to the Instagram uh, account that we manage. We also have a link that goes straight to a sign up page on MailChimp. So wherever you're listening to this, just like maximize the window. <laughs> if you can um and look for that because you'll be able to access it there um yeah that's what show notes are great mm-hmm. thank you and if you're wondering what the next episode is going to be it's going to be called ancient history 
Wow. What do you think that one's about, Fish? <laughs> <laughs> Ancient history. Uh, see, we've already had Tom Mulcahy come up, and we've already had uh, Hannah. So I feel like it's not a relationship thing. So I am going to assume it is, I don't know, Felicity decides to take a, an Egyptology course and uh, falls in love with a sexy mummy. Okay. Well, we'll just <laughs> see. We're gonna we're gonna wait and see if all that happens in episode three. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna be floored if I'm right. I mean, at some point, but they hey, need to get this girl in the classroom, right? She's at school, but hey, it would be nice. Yeah. Okay, so that's we're just marking it. You heard it here first. Okay, Egyptology that, class. She falls in love with the sexy mummy. Yeah, that's the move. Yeah. Okay. That would be an interesting. Like, how do they get there in a writer's room? I don't know, but. That's the prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So was there anything else you wanted to say about this one, Fish, before we wrap up? Nope. We think we have done a good job. We made it. So, yeah. Okay. Until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.